Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Hey, hey good morning, morning, morning. Morning. You got force for headlines? Well, we get a bit of a rumor report. Shall a we rumor. start there? Yes. Hmm. Um, hmm. Very reliable sources have told us there's been some sort of an entanglement at Her Majesty's Palace, I mean prison, and um, between two co-workers. <laughs> Quite a difference between palace and prison. Between two co-workers that uh, allegedly <laughs> occurred in the communications room. What do you mean? What happened? With a body cam. Can't go into any details because it's an entanglement. Oh, I think I saw your post. Um, <laughs> entanglement. A physical entanglement. Woo! You mean between uh, um, members of the opposite yeah. sex? Yes. Well, or same sex? Well, yeah. the opposite, well this they were opposite in this case. Sex, but uh, yes, so let's just say prison was, claims uh, that they don't know anything about it. Inappropriate work conduct. Yes. Mm. Inappropriate entanglement. And and um, the, they, they left the body cam on? Apparently, exactly. the prison claims that they know nothing about it, but our well-placed sources said the prison needs some better intelligence because <laughs> it happened. Um, well, so you know, yeah. there may not be there may not be any rules against uh, inter-office relationships at work in the communications at room. Work. I'm pretty sure at that work in the office. Hey, they were communicating, were they not? <laughs> Two female Physically. residents and, and other um, unreported official news, uh, two female residents, a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old at the um, Francis Bodden Children's Home assaulted multiple employees, including three line staff and the house manager. Hmm. The 15-year-old has been arrested and released on bail, uh, has since gone missing with her mother, and the Case Foundation has made no statement about it, said absolutely nothing. So again, they're well-placed sources keeping us in the loop. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. And other kind of unbelievable news, um, CMR was actually quite instrumental in helping to apprehend a man who's now been um, convicted and sentenced to years in prison for child pornography. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. We didn't even know. Well, I mean, obviously. Well, why did you do it? We helped the police, but we didn't know that the case had gone this far until we saw the uh, the case report yesterday. So we're happy to see some jail time. She yeah. Done a bit more, but how did you end up like uh, getting him caught? What it was, was one you... of those things where he was really bold and he actually posted it on social media, and I was so appalled. What? That I immediately screen grabbed it, extracted the video, and contacted the police right away. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna go into some details about more on the show this morning. Cameron right. Airways station manager at the Tampa International Airport is set to retire after 55 years. I saw that post. Oh, That's amazing. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. So Joe Desare is retiring after 55 years at the airport. He is wow. 86 years old and began his career. I know. Amazing. That's impressive. Began his career in 1965. And he currently wow. holds the record for the longest tenure at the Tampa International Airport. Well, He's kind of, been there since it was built. What, <laughs> kind, of, what kind of planes were they with? with Actually, you're, you're, flying back in 1955. No, he's just been there forever. He's been at the airport forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you're absolutely right because the airport wasn't built until 1971. Yeah. <laughs> but he's been there since before. How? How is it? Okay. I'm confused. Maybe it was like the so, smaller. Um, like, you need to uncover the rest of the story. 
Yeah. <laughs> was he out there in the field? He got the job because he never left that area where they built the airport. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you said he started, no, he started in 1955? Six. Yeah, so he, he actually started working at, um, he was in the military okay. um, as a Delta Airlines, uh, worked with Delta Airlines, and then he was drafted and sent to the U.S. Reserves. Um, then he came back, and um, basically, he's just been there forever. So he did nice. like a transfer request with Delta for a position in Tampa. And he went in as assistant manager with a startup airline called Air Florida. And within three years, he was station manager. So, amazing. yeah, amazing. I mean, that's when you like your job. You stay that long, you know? I know. Yeah. It's, ama it's amazing. I don't Anybody that remembers Air, Air Florida, that the crash in Washington, D.C., that's what ended that airline. Oh, oh really? Crashed, no, I don't. Into the I don't particular. remember Air Florida. Oh, really? Oh, crashed that, into that was the, how long ago was that? Uh, Blake is when, very, very old. So when, when, no, I was, when I was a teenager, I want to say it was, you know, roughly like this, early 80s, maybe yeah. 1981. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. You were a teenager saying, in the early 80s? Yeah, but you were over uh, in... No, uh, I wasn't. A, well, yeah, I was a teenager in the early 80s. Yes, I was. Hmm. Yeah, okay. you were over in, um, in that area then at that time, right? Yeah, I mean, I would have been Tampa, but Washington, I was getting... Yeah. Was in, 1982, January of 1982. Mm. Wow, I was yeah. just moving, I think to florida that summer or fall so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have known about that Interesting. No, this was in, yeah this was in washington uh, uh crashed in the potomac right by the uh yeah. uh right by uh you know the monument and all that after oh really off. yeah yeah it was wow it's crazy wow. it was a snowy day and they forgot to turn on all the uh, like the icing the stuff? icing stuff yeah it was very sad oh my gosh anyway fun, um, fun yeah. news stories today yeah. i'm sure you're gonna touch on other fun ones yeah. for sure you can catch Sandy's show on Bobo 89.1 FM right now, and we'll see you tomorrow, okay? Have a fabulous day. All right, our segment was... All right, we got lots to talk about this morning. About to kick off in 30 minutes. Let me just grab all of my links. One second. Sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Good morning, good morning, good morning, folks. Happy Hump Day Wednesday. It is May the 25th. How are you guys doing? Rise and shine. OMG, as those young people love to say. We have a lot to talk about this morning. Ugh, 
some days I feel like the whole day is just a big OMG moment. I don't even know what to say, but you know what? We're going to uh, dive deep, take a, a deep dive is what how they say it actually, reversing words here, into the conversation and we're going to cover all of those headlines and so much more. Um, amazing day. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. First of all, I got to share a little bit of a story with you guys because you're going to be shocked at excellent customer service. I know, I know a lot of times we complain about when we don't get good customer service, but gosh darn it, when we get excellent customer service, I think it's our responsibility to make some noise. Hello, good morning. By the way, those of you who are watching the live stream, if you notice a little bit of a difference with um, the view this morning, I'll switch lenses on you guys again. The other one was, I couldn't get quite get it right. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just annoying me. I couldn't quite get it right. So went back to um, a long, longer range lens so you can actually see more of the background now. So remember when you guys used to be able to see those screens with my beautiful Cayman flag in the background? Well, folks, they are back. Good morning, Irvalyn. Good morning, Buenos Dias to Rita. Diamond Princess is here. Good morning, Alba. Alba says, buenos dias. Como estas? Alba y Rita, estoy muy bien, gracias. Irvalyn, got it locked in. Stephen joining us from, are you still in the UK, Stephen? Or Scotland, where are you? Good morning. Louis joining us from Detroit. He says, enough love from the D. Miss Joy, got it locked from Texas. Uh, Ramsey Seymour joining us right here from Grand Cayman says she's tuning in. Big shout out to our Bobo 89.1 FM listeners as well. Marshall, North Carolina, Wee Wee, Cayman Islands representing. Miss uh, Vernita, good morning. Miss Beulah is here. Richard, good morning. He says good morning from Celine and I. Melita is here. And yes, Stephen is still in the UK. Stephen, we're going to do a show one day again because we've done it before about Caymanians living abroad. Because I'm always curious to see what you guys are up to and how you're actually doing. Good morning to Robert. And O'Shane is here. So where do we begin? Well, let me tell you. I got my hot tea this morning. You know, most mornings I just drink water, right? But yeah, things so hot up in the studio today. I decided to actually have some proper tea. Mm-mm-mm. What a mess. Yep, let me take a sip out of my CMR mug. Mm. That's some good tea, honey gel. All right. Good morning, Miss Darlene. She says good morning to everyone. Um, the background is so beautiful, real professional. Oh, thank you so much. Miss Marjorie's also got it locked. Um, so let's let's talk about a few things. Jeez, I'm peace. First of all, big shout out to CUC. I know. Y'all are like, what? Sandy, say that again. Yes. I'm going to give CUC props uh, where they are deserved. And I must tell you, that CUC has really impressed me this morning. Mm -mm -mm. Where do we begin? Well, here's the scoop. Um, CUC, yesterday morning, uh, after the show, my, my husband calls me. He said, um, did you know that uh, the power is going to be out in our neighborhood tomorrow? And I said, no, I did not know that. <laughs> What's going on? And he said, well, CUC has a scheduled um, power outage. They're going to be doing some work in the area. And I said, really? Well, what, 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 what time? What time is that? Man? And uh, he said, apparently nine until two o'clock. And I said, what? No way. So 
I thought, man, that's going to interrupt our show. We can't lose an entire hour of the cold hard truth. So I messaged someone on WhatsApp and I said, hey, CUC folks, you know, we got a little bit of an issue here. Um, I'm just confirming that you guys are actually going to be cutting the power in Low Valley. And they said, yes, we are. And I said, well, um, here's the situation. Next thing I know, I got a phone call. This is the God's honest truth. I got a phone call. And the phone call was, um, Sandy, this is so-and-so from CUC. We understand that our scheduled interruption tomorrow is going to be a problem for your show. So we may have a solution. And I thought, really? Imagine CUC calling me, being proactive with a solution. And they said, yes, we're going to contact Corporate Electric and we're going to see about getting you a generator. My jaw dropped, not a word of lie. Literally, my jaw dropped. And I was like, you're going to do what? <laughs> and they said, all right, we, we, we're working on it. So it's an active situation. But give us until three o'clock because, you know, it's probably not that easy to just get a generator with less than, than 24 hours notice. And they were working on it. And they were waiting to get official confirmation from Corporate Electric that it could all happen. I was like, all right. And then shortly after three o'clock, as they promised, I got an update to say it's a go. I was like, Lord have mercy. This is amazing. Yeah, the, the, the production of what we do here in the morning, I know you don't get to see it all. But if we have to move locations, it just complicates my life, right? And so everything is set up. The mic is set up. The board, you're like, you know, I just flip a couple switches and we're live. So they have saved me an immense amount of uh, work trying to find a plan C. They found my plan B for me. So check this out. I want to show you guys. Uh, they came out early this morning. So Corporate Electric dropped off the generator yesterday. And then they came out, uh, CUC came out early this morning. This was a CUC truck. And they literally disconnected me from the pole, connected it, see the little generator right there, connected me to the generator so that we are here in studio, folks, with lights, camera, action, on Bobo 89.1 FM, the works. Thank you, CUC. I really, really appreciate this. Those are the two um, awesome men who make sure that they got up extra early to come here and do what they needed to do. So if you see it, kiss a CUC worker today, virtually. Don't walk up to people and be touching them now, but just virtually. Say, hi, CUC. Thank you for keeping Bobo alive and well, for keeping the cold hard truth on Bobo this morning. Share some love. I really appreciate companies who do stuff like that. Not because I'm the beneficiary, but CUC didn't have to do anything. They're like, oh, they could have said, hey, the schedule outage, you figured out. To go above and beyond. This is a community show. They're like, yes, probably all their workers are tuned in too. They probably didn't want to upset their workers. <laughs> They're like, listen, we're tuned in. We're listening. Let's make sure we keep the cold hard truth moving. Um, fantastic. You know, CUC really does work hard. I know y'all love to give them a little bit of flack, especially during the summer months, and you complain about those bills. But if you honestly knew um, what a lot of what they do in the background, you would be surprised. So, Miss Juanita, good morning to you. Celine says, good morning, Sandy. Looking forward to another great show. I sure am as well. Aliano's got it locked. Melissa's here. Marshall says, yes, thanks, CUC. The show must go on. John Henry is giving them a big thumbs up. Charlotte joining us from Scotland, right? 
Got a lot of European people tuned in this morning. Um, <laughs> Ramsey Seymour says, only in the Cayman Islands. I kind of feel that way too. This is like a Cayman kind moment that makes me so warm and fuzzy. Like where else in the world? Big, big America. You would probably never have that happen. Maybe they do it for like a Donald Trump or something because he'd, he'd like demand it be done, right? He'd disconnect the whole neighborhood just to keep power at his house. So we're good until at least 10 o'clock. <laughs> so let's get the show on the road. Good morning, Siobhan. Uh, good morning to John Henry also joining us. And of course, we've got Winita Ebanks. So beautiful. So um, yes, uh, let, let's let's dig in since, since we've got power. Let's let's not waste it, right? So lots going on in the world of news. First of all, this prison situation. Let me just address this because this is one of those things that um, you know we we get information all the time. We'll get a tip. Somebody will say, "Hey, Sandy, this is what's shaking. This is what's going down." And we try to go through official sources to get it confirmed. And there are times we just don't want to tell us. Now, in this case, I'm going to have to believe the official source when he says that he just doesn't know. The, the official prison knows nothing about the fact. And I find it hard to believe because prisoners and other people in the system are talking about this rumor two weeks after we got it, right? But they're claiming... Um, that they know nothing about it. Oh, by the way, uh, while I was talking about CC, let me not also forget to do a big shout out and a big thank you to Corporate Electric because they're the one with the generator and they're the one who were on site to make sure as well that everything went well. You need a backup generator, folks, call Corporate Electric. They're really, they, they, they're, they're the bomb. They're very, very professional. Uh, we're actually dealing with them on another project. And I must tell you that their work is amazing and they're super professional with it. So yes, they're, they're part of the, the, the solution this morning as well. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, we got this rumor about these two prison officers. Now the rumor was uh, pretty tight in the sense that it had a lot of information. So this is how it works. This is Cayman Mall Road. We were into the Mall Road news, right? So we get you the official source and the unofficial source. And what we know is that um, in relation to just gossip, generally speaking, there are times when you get information that is very, mm, you can't quite put your finger on it. The sources and like, I don't know about the source or the, um, the details are a little bit too loose. They're not very tight. So you're kind of like, I don't know how reliable this information is. And then there are other times when you hear a story and you go, wow, there's something to this, regardless of what official sources want to say. And this is one of those stories where I genuinely believe that there is something to this. And official sources are either woefully ignorant. So in other words, you know, they, they listen, they're probably ignorant on purpose. Or. They, they just really don't have a clue. And if this is happening at the prison and they don't have a clue about this from an official perspective, that kind of makes me concerned because then I go, well, what else are they clueless about? Mm, mm, mm. So the rumor has named the individuals. We obviously haven't named them yet, right? But I got names. These are the two persons. They were engaged in a physical entanglement in the communications room. The details of what the entanglement involved, I even got all those details. And the fact that it was caught on a body cam. Now, that was news to me. I was like, a body cam? That's the part of the story I was like, oh, this sounds a little bit fishy. 
So when I spoke to prison sources, I said, you know, the official sources, I said, do you guys have body cams at the prison? And sure enough, they confirmed that yes, <laughs> some workers do have body cams. So I was like, uh, okay. This, 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 this rumor sounds kind of very detailed to not be true, but you know, official sources are saying that, nope, they've checked the cameras and they don't see anything. And, you know, I don't know how long they waited. Maybe those, that information has already been erased, but they're claiming that they believe it's just a malicious rumor. And I said, wow, this is, this is something else. The other point of interest is, um, that's, that's really quite interesting is that this particular source and others that have since come forward to say this is true and they don't know why it is that the prison would not know this is really, really reliable. So this official source provides information to CMR all the time and they've never gotten it wrong. <laughs> not to say that there isn't the first time, but they have always um, gotten it correct. Mm -mm. So, yeah, prison claims it ain't true. We'll keep her, we'll keep her ears low to the ground because I feel like this is one of those emerging stories. Um, at the time that it was alleged to have happened, the prison director was actually um, off. He had COVID, so he was in isolation. So, you know, maybe it's entirely possible that it did go down as indicated. And he is simply being kept in the dark by his own management team. Wouldn't be the first time. So we'll definitely keep you all updated. Shireen, good morning. Good morning to Alex. Uh, Kimmy says, good morning, Sandy and Cayman. God bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Weekend? The week is not even done yet, girl. How you reach to the weekend already? We're still in the middle of the week. Well, lots to go. Lots and lots of information. So here's the interesting thing. Um, we were supposed to have Mr. McKeever Bush, Speaker of the House on the radio this morning. And for some reason, I don't know if he was having issues with his phone. We had some communication problems. We haven't been able to confirm, like we sent him instructions on how to join in, but I don't know what happened. The last few messages, um, there were words missing and stuff. I couldn't make sense of it, head or tails. So I'm kind of still hoping that um, he gets the memo and he just pops on the show because it's that easy. Vernita says that shows you how important CMR and Bobo is to the world. The CUC, thanks CUC, but still um, cut down on her bills laughing out loud. Well, it's not CUC that needs to cut down on your bills, honey child. It's that fuel charge. And I don't think anything's going to be happening with that anytime soon. Good morning to Nikki. So good to see you. She says good morning to CMR Nation. All right, the other interesting story from our rumor report, un unconfirmed news, is that two young ladies, I don't even know that's the right word for them because they kind of sound like hooligans, to be honest. A 14-year-old and a 15-year-old at the Francis Bodden Children's Home got in a fight with staff. Mm -mm -mm. Now you see, they're at school fighting and carrying on like hooligans. And clearly that transfers to their home life because, you know, they're in the care of the government. So here they are, 13 and 14 year old, and they managed to beat up four people, four adults. Now, y'all know I do not believe in corporal punishment for children. 
but I do believe in consequences for children. And this is one of those situations that when you're 14 and 15 years old, you're going to walk up to an adult and put your hands on an adult and think that there wouldn't be any consequences. Child, somebody might need to knock you out for real. Because in the real world, if you did that to anybody else, there would be consequences. Ugh, these kids are just out of control. So they literally beat up three line employees, three line staff members, and a manager. The 15-year-old, I guess because of her age, was arrested, released on bail. Her mom picked her up, and good Lord, she disappeared with the mama. And no one has seen or heard from her since. I'm supposing they're probably bail conditions like at some point she's got to check in, right? So as hard as that is to believe, <laughs> that has happened. And no one, once again, at the Kays Foundation, and you know we stay on top of them because... Oh, Lord Jehovah, what it is that they be doing over there? Ignacia, good morning. Catherine says they only managed to hit four adults because of the law doesn't allow you to box them back. <laughs> Chill. I'm sure the law might have a little bit of leeway for self-defense. These kids are out of control. They're angry, you know, and we have to address why. Now, mind you, I think that that environment needs, as I've said before, the entire Caves Foundation needs a bit of the Holy Ghost sprinkled on it. And uh, they need to pull out the Bible and set it aside and pull out the therapy book and give somebody a good dose of therapy. Hmm. What a hot mess. Moya, good morning. She says, well, based on the prison's incompetency and their longstanding history of ignoring protocol and policies, their response would be the same each time. Not sure why we think why they think we ever believe their responses. <laughs> well, honey, chill. Just like when those officers were arrested with the drugs. Y'all know, we knew all about that before prison even said a word. Huh? Uh -huh. There are times historically when the prison, I'm not saying this about the current management, but when the prison has hid stuff that has happened. Remember, not too long ago, there was a situation with a, um, was she a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Because there is technically a difference, right? And she was having relations with prisoners. Now, mind you, there's been two psychiatrists, I think they are, psychologists. Forgive me for not knowing which one they are. Both of them had relations. But the first one, when she was having relations, um, the rehabilitation manager and deputy director of the prison got a hold of it. And she put a hidden camera in her office to get the evidence because she had been, this is a Dookie Caesar, she had been complaining to management about it. And management, the director of the prison who hired this woman from overseas because he had a uh, friendship with her previously, and I think she was his nanny or some foolishness, right? Wouldn't believe it. Didn't want to, didn't want to investigate it. Didn't want to do anything. <laughs> And so the um, deputy director, Caribbean woman, was like, well, I guess I need to get my own evidence. And she did that. And then they fired her. They fired her for putting a camera in somebody's office to get evidence of wrongdoing, of alleged wrongdoing, which was then proven afterwards. And the woman who was carrying on the sexual relations, the entanglement situation with a prisoner Nothing happened to her because of this nepotism at the prison. 
I'm just reminding you because I feel like sometimes we have very short memories in this country. It's like politically, boy, y'all can have some short memories. And I'm going to talk about some political criticisms this morning as well. But anyway, um, yes, she uh, eventually there was another lawsuit related to how she was promoted within the prison service. Above others who were more qualified, had been there longer in the whole nine yards, and they won their lawsuit. So, you know, that director left under a whole cloud of like, oh, you've done a horrible job as director. And she eventually left as well. Still carrying on relations with prisoners, though. The same ones that they've exported to the UK, remember? Uh-huh. That's her. Still in the UK, keeping the connection alive between Cayman prison system and criminals and the one there in the UK. And then after that, they had another psychiatrist or psychologist, whatever the heck they are, who was engaging in relations yet again with a prisoner. And the crazy thing is they picked the worst prisoners in the world. You think they'd pick like a nice little, like maybe a white collar criminal. They're all criminals, but you know. No, they want the murderers. They want the real bad boys in prison. I think to myself, how does that work? You know, there's an actual, um, I forget what it's called, but there is an actual uh, category of, I don't know, I don't think it's mental illness, but there is, there are people who are attracted to inmates. It's like a thing. What the heck is that word again? I know somebody who's listening this morning is like, yeah, Sandy, I know what you're talking about. What's um, what's amazing, though, is the fact that we have staff <laughs> that are attracted to inmates, and, and not just staff, but like the psychiatrist, the psychologist, OMG. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody says it's a fetish. <laughs> it might be, um, but that's not what it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you the proper name here in a second. So anyway, um, yes, another psychiatrist comes along and she starts to have relations. And you know the prisoners talk. I mean, I suppose it's probably logical that they're not gonna keep their mouth shut. What else do they have to do in prison but to gossip and talk and you know sleep with the psychiatrist? Apparently. And so the guy that she was having relations with, he's supposed to be attending site. He murdered somebody. So he's he's now supposed to be getting professional help and he's getting professional help. All right. The psychologist has her hand in the cookie jar. So he goes back to his cellmates and he starts bragging. Oh yeah, I guess what I doing with the psychologist. And at first I'm sure that people are going, you must be lying. That can't be true. You're not doing that with her. But child, he started to produce all kinds of evidence and then, she quietly disappeared as well. It's called hybristophilia. <laughs> it's a sexual interest in an attraction to those who commit crimes. Yes, this is a real thing. The term is derived from the Greek word hubrizin, meaning to commit an outrage against someone, ultimately de- derived from the hubris. And philo, meaning having a strong affinity or preference for in popular culture, the phenomenon was also known as Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. Mm, mm, mm. There you go. Hi, no, hybristophilia. 
You learned, you learned a new word there today. Commit that one to memory because we seem to have an issue with it um, here in the Cayman Islands. Isn't that crazy? Prison staff, Lord. So is it is it such a um, a stretch to imagine that they're actually having relations with each other as well? No. If they're doing it with the prisoners, uh, doing it with each other would not be that far fetched. Far fetched in my book. A lack of real professionalism at that prison. So I don't know how you become a psychologist in the prison system. And then you actually have this hybristophilia. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. What a mess. You know, I cannot make this stuff up. I know sometimes um, I think to myself, the, the, the things that I hear are so incredibly crazy and out there. That even me, I'm left in a state of disbelief often. But when I tell you that these things are happening, you have to know that I have my sources. Whatever happened to the chef at the prison? The one who was hired by the last prison director who's now left, because that was his friend from back in the UK. And they passed up hiring a super qualified Caymanian with all sorts of culinary degrees and culinary, you know, accolades behind her name because she said, okay, for her, you know, to really consider this job, the salary, it was within the range, but the salary would have to be X, which I think was on the higher end. They told her, no, she was asking too much money. So then they reopened the recruitment process, hired this guy who, by the way, the, the talk on the street, is that he was getting inside information and, okay, these are the questions that are coming. This is how you respond. He was less qualified. I believe he's from Scotland. Less qualified on paper than the young lady, the Caymanian young lady. Not only does he get the job with less credentials and less qualifications, but he gets paid. Now, y'all need to sit down for this. Sit down. He gets paid exactly what she was asking when they told her that that was too much money. Mm, mm, mm. Jesus, please take the entire bus, not just the wheel. I tell you. Good morning, Miss Morna, checking in with us. Demeras, thank you so much. Um, yeah, another mass shooting in Texas. We'll talk a little bit about that hot situation here this morning. Emma says, I watched a documentary yesterday where the kids are trying uh, these new drugs that are not even for humans and documenting their reactions to these drugs. And they were legal to purchase. They can all be purchased and are legal. And we truly, we have no idea what is being ordered online and abused. Well, folks, this is where you need to have, you know, some degree of control over your children. And you need to know what your children are doing. What child in the Cayman Islands would be able to order something online and get it here and a parent shouldn't know anything about it? That, to me, that even sounds, that sounds crazy. Y'all don't know how to control your children. Y'all need a dose of Aunt Lottie. Child, please. Mm -mm -mm. Jared, 
Let me tell you something. Aunt Lottie was the queen of being in your business. You didn't breathe hard without Aunt Lottie knowing about it. Y'all know who Aunt Lottie is. That's my aunt that I grew up with in Tampa. Oh, God, she was she was extreme. Uh -uh -uh. Nothing got past her child. And she was older too, but you wasn't going to fool her with nothing. She knew everything. Like I said, you burped. And she's like, what was that burp for? And you're like, damn, can't I even burp around here? Nikki says, no law will stop me from boxing them down, any of my kids, because a few years ago, it's the same law. Uh, within a few years, it's the same law that's going to go for them if they don't bend the tree before it's it's broken. Funny enough, Nikki, on tomorrow's show, I want to make sure you guys tune in for this. We're actually going to have, you know, it's still child month. We're getting to the end of child month now. It's been mental health awareness month and child month. And we're going to have an expert on the show who's going to be talking about this concept of um, corporal punishment. You don't have to beat a child in order to bend the tree. But I tell you what ends up happening. As parents, we wait until a child is 10, 11, 12 years old, and then you're trying to bend the tree. 12 years too late. You better start bending that tree from the second you pop them out. You know, people say um, in this day and age, if you want your child to go to private school in the Cayman Islands, you have to. Um, Put them on the list before they're born, which is ridiculous because you can't you can't do anything with a child before it's born because it doesn't have a legal identity yet. But it's just showing you how extreme the waiting list is for private schools. So the second you pop them out, you go register them and you get a birth certificate. The advice is you run from the government building <laughs> where you registered them and you got a birth certificate straight to private schools where you think you might want your children to go and say, please put my child on the list. Here's my application money and you, you get it in. Because five years later, you'll be hearing, oh, the child is still number 50 on the list and still can't get in. So I kind of feel like y'all need to take that same approach with disciplining your children. You don't start when they're 11 years old and starting to get sassy with you. Because those sassy thoughts have been percolating in their little brains for a really, really long time. You've got to start from day one. Letting your children know that their rules, their boundaries, their limitations in life. You have house rules about how they talk to you, how they talk to others, the, the lack of respect or whatever. You know, children learn what they see and they learn their environments. So I'm always appalled at parents who are like, oh, I'm a disciplinarian. I'm like, really? They're the worst people in the world when it comes to their own disciplinary actions. They're out there fighting in public. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Being caught in video. Out there drinking and getting sloppy. Right? They have a revolving door of men in and out, or, or women, in and out of their house. So when your children disrespect you or they say certain things, you, you be like, well, I don't know what my child going on like this. Really? Look in your households. Look at the example of what you're setting for your kids. Honestly, sometimes it takes a real self-assessment for us to just be honest with ourselves and say, you know what? I need to shape up as a parent. And there should be no reason why you feel like at the age of 12, you should be trying to break your child by beating them every single day. Something has gone wrong if you find yourself in that situation. Catherine says maybe that's the only, the only prisoners interested in them. Oh, child. Oh, my gosh. Jared, 
Mess. Fresh off the press, Sandy. Fresh off the press. You can't make these things up. You know, we need mm -hmm. a hit series. Um, but you know, to each their own, you know. I'm not condoning it, you know, it's not right. That shouldn't happen, you know. The abuse mm -hmm. of power, right? But you know, the lady got what she wanted, the prisoner got what he wanted. <laughs> well, in this case, it's actually two um prison employees oh. a jamaican lady mm -hmm. and a guy from another island i can say i can say jamaican because all, all the prison officers practically are jamaican but if i mention the other island it's probably only like one or two of them so y'all might be able to narrow that down a little bit they too got, close. they got a little one two kip they got a yeah, little one you know two the thing about it is there. they're both married to other people and we know a lot of that goes on on this island mm -hmm. but you just don't do it at work if you're going to carry on an affair, do it off of your off the government clock. There should be serious consequences for doing it that, in that, the communication room. Lord, that, should, that should be docked from their pay if they're doing that. <laughs> that was not within the remit of a 15-minute break. You know? Yes, honey, Jim. Moya says, I feel like the prison needs a board installed to oversee complaints from prison officers, prisoners, and from the community. Uh, these ongoing issues should not be dealt with from other incompetent prison officers. Do they not, not have a review board? That's a good point, uh, Moya. I don't actually know, but you know, sometimes the solution isn't another board because gosh, we see how ineffective they are. Just take a look at the planning, at, at the uh, the Port Authority board. They still a hot mess over there. We're not finished with them yet, you know. We need to take out a big broom and keep sweeping until all the dust is out of the Port Authority. And I'm telling you, they, they're hiding a lot of stuff and they're lying to the minister. I hope the minister is finally waking up because he has been lied to. <laughs> no, sir. I put in an FOI report, a request for a report. Don't worry. I still don't get my hands on it. Y'all think you're fooling me. Good morning to Annette. Olivia, good morning to you, my dear. Jasara is here. Mm -mm. Uh, Marshall says that's what some of those children need, a good dose of Aunt Lottie. <laughs> It's L-O-T-T-I-E is how she spelled her name. But let me tell you something. They couldn't handle a lot. Oh, geez, I'm peace. She might actually be too much for them. Because uh, she definitely comes from the old school, honey child. She will break you and trying to bend you to make you go in the right direction. She she, she wasn't playing around. Mm. But, you know, um, I think, again, the necessity to discipline children from day one. And you can do it in such a loving way. I'm telling you, every single day, I'm amazed uh, the amount of patience that I exercise with a five-year-old. Because sometimes I look at her and Jared, I just take a deep breath. You, you're breathing and breathe out, but can I tell you? <laughs> These kids, the stuff that they come up with, even at five, I'm just like, what? What's the, what's the question? So this morning, Gianna was in her feelings a little bit. Mm -hmm. Every single morning, honey child, it's all about the outfits. And oh, she looks like she's going to be a fashionista. Poor me. There goes my little pocketbook because that got to be broke because I don't know why. And she has ideas of what looks good together. And you know, five-year-old really don't have no sense of fashion. And I'm not saying that I do, but I'm just saying, you know, sometimes the colors don't even match. I'm like, girl, why don't, why don't you wear the pink shoes with it? No, I want to, I'm like, ugh. So every single day, it is a fight on what to put on. I cannot wait until she starts big school with a uniform. And then there's no discussion. It's like you have two tops and two pants. Which of the two are you going to wear today? <laughs> no debate. 
I love me a school uniform. So anyway, she seems to like to wear shorts and I'm really not into the whole short business. So I said, you're going to wear some pants today. You wore shorts yesterday, compromised yesterday. Today, there is no compromising. So you got a whole slew of nice long pants. Are you going to, oh, I'm so hot. I'm like, really? She's hot at school when she wears a pants. That's her excuse. They came out with all sorts of fancy ideas. And I said, listen, today you're wearing pants. Simple. So next thing I know, I hear this, this fake crying in my bed, sniffling. And you know me, I, I, I'm not going to do what old people say. I'm going to give you something to cry about. <laughs> That's not my response, but I'm still like, why are you crying? There really is nothing to cry about here. And so I gave her one look and I don't see no tears. And I said, what's with the fake tears this morning? She's like Amber Heard, crying and crying and you can't see no tears. I tell you. So then she just says to me, um, after she saw that I wasn't buying it, she said, hug. I said, of course, I'll give you a hug. So, she so, tries to sweet you up. She tries to sweet you up. No, but you know, some sometimes, Jared, all you need is a hug to get back to your proper senses. Hmm. So I a hug isn't going to get her her way, but I, hugs are free. I'm all about giving out hugs. I'm like, sure, I'll give you a hug. I gave I gave her a little squeeze. Like, there you go, mama. And then after that, the attitude was good to go. I was mm -hmm. like, hallelujah, because mama got to get to work. <sighs> Luckily, says Nikki, uh, one look we give any of my kids and they know what time it is. <laughs> She's able to give them the look. Uh, Ramelia, good morning. 936-2626 is the telephone number. She says, good morning, Sandy. This isn't surprising to me. I'm still saying this all along. Who is responsible? Came out, wake up. It's not what you know. It's who you know, which is sad, sad, sad. But the whole the world worked, though. Not just in Cayman. That's but, true. But, but it were, it's very heavy in Cayman. It's, it's who you know. Well, we need, some, we need some degree of accountability. Andrea says it takes a village is now a myth. People don't want you to correct their children. Child, I hope you know, I don't believe in, in I don't pay the parents no mind. I'll be giving their kids the look too. Because sometimes children, and it, it's so amazing, like I've been in this situation more than once, right? Children are running amok, not paying the parents any mind. And I do one of these. Come, come here, young, young child. And child, when they come to me, they'd be so scared. All of a sudden they're perfect little angels. Scott says perhaps the recruitment process needs to be severely reviewed for prisoners and psychiatric staff. I would, I would say so. Uh, there has to be a way to test for this hisbristophilia. His I mean, I'm not quite sure what the test is, but um, yeah, it's a form of paraphilia or perversion including attraction to people who are criminals and incorporate incorpor incarcerated. What a hot mess. Mm -mm -mm. Um, Andrea says they lied to the minister big time. Hope he's awake now. Uh, yes. Talking about the port authority. You know, I continue. I sent off an FOI to them, which I don't think they've responded to yet. I'm going to double check after the show. Asking for these, um, oh gosh, is this a spam run the show? Oh, let me let me block this person. Um, asking for um, 
these missing minutes. So there are minutes that are missing from the Port Authority website. And if you know what I know, you would understand why those minutes are missing. Now, here's the thing about it that is very, very peculiar. We need to have a direct way of getting minutes. First of all, in my opinion, all board meetings practically, and I know sometimes they're dealing with like contracts and sensitive information, but all board meetings should be recorded in a way where when they are transcribed, there is no confusion about what was said or what was done. You might have to redact certain information. Like if you're looking at bids or whatever, you know, maybe at a certain point that information is still private. But when you leave it up to someone sitting there listening who may hear some of what happened, didn't hear some of what happened, and they're just jotting down, taking notes, and then you leave it up to the director or the board chairman to sign off on these minutes, and they seem to be able to change them all five, six times, and stuff disappears from the minute, stuff goes missing. How is that possible? It should not take you in excess of a month to put up board minutes if you're just sharing what was covered in the, in the board meeting. And it only happens when they're trying to cover up something. And I don't know if the good minister is listening this morning, but Kenneth, uh, Minister Kenneth Bryan, I hope you're listening. Because you yourself need to ask, why are those minutes not yet available to the public? Why are they not on your website? I wasn't going to really talk about the port this morning, but let me say this. They're not even following proper protocol with meetings. So certain people who are supposed to be there, required by law to be in attendance, who are supposed to be signing off on these minutes, right? Who are recording secretaries, et cetera. They don't even get invited. This board has broken the law. They've had meetings where they are supposed to invite certain individuals per the law, and they have not done so. And so I'm even curious if they didn't even have a recording secretary, who's going to be signing off on the minutes? Because they're either going to lie about it, or once again, they're going to breach the law. You heard, you, you hear what I'm saying, Jared? I, I am listening. There is a lot going on at that port that people are unaware of. Well, I, you know, for me, I, I might be a little young. I don't want the minister to feel like say we beating up on it because he does do tourism and transport. But this I know is, he's this been... has nothing to do with the minister, except that he appointed the board. And he's been lied to by the board. And I guess he's chosen to believe the board. Mm -hmm. The well, board has, hold on a second. Let's just follow this, this process through. The board has meetings mm -hmm. where other board members are not inviting. So, so invited to, so they have a board within a board. You tell me the law, where is that, where is that permissible? Because in fact, there are a few board members who I've told you guys before, believe that they actually work for the port. Mm -hmm. So they're there micromanaging and making the real decisions and running the show, and they will have meetings and not tell the other board members about it. Mm -hmm. Make that sink in for a minute. Our port of entry, our most important security points, 
have a bunch of baboons as board members and not everybody. So I don't want to paint the whole board with a broad brush, but there's a few of them on there and they're running a circus. And if I were the governor and I were the deputy governor and I'm hearing about these accidents that happen that they don't tell anybody about, I'm hearing about all these security issues right now, as far as I know, they still have about three people on leave that were temporary workers hired under Beth McField. They had time to launch an entire investigation into her hiring practices. Listen to this foolishness because she hired temporary workers, which by the way, she got police clearances for, but they're saying, oh, she should have done more. She needed to do this and do that. And oh, the former board, uh, the former director used to do all these things. And there's no paperwork or evidence of all those things ever having been done before. The truth of the matter is, if you want to know the truth, is the board felt a way about not able to not being able to get their way with the appointment of Bravon. Um, what's Mr. Bravon's Elliot? Right? So that didn't go down as planned. Then they were pissed off at Beth. They're accusing her of all sorts of stuff that she had nothing to do with. Well, she must be one ton Sandy, everything. Really? There are things that I'm sitting here telling y'all that Beth don't have a clue about herself. So how could she be my source? Huh. Y'all need to wake up. And then, just to make sure we understand, they say, well, we're going to prove a point to her and they carry out this witch hunt. Oh, this urgent investigation. They are such a bunch of liars. They actually told, listen to this now, temporary staff. They told the temporary staff a week before last, oh, we have to put you on leave. Uh, they called them right before the shift. Four of them were supposed to work that night. They called them and said, oh, you can't come in. We have to put you on leave. No explanation really as to why, whatever. The acting director, Mr. Christian, is going around telling people that they're doing it because the governor said it must be done. The governor never said no such thing. Now, you know. I bet he don't even know. How much you want to bet? I put a hundred dollars. Actually, the governor might know. have concerns about what's happening at the port. But he never said because they were temporary workers that, that oh, they caught their, their security risk and they must put on leave. That's actually not what he said. So they're not even paying attention. And once again, the board is lying to the acting director. Poor him. He's just trying to hold down the fort until they can finally hire somebody. And then he's repeating that lie to the staff. So you decide to be short-staffed at the port. You know, you know how important having adequate staff is at the port when that's that's why you have an accident happen. And there's still, even with the eight temporary workers that she hired, they are still woefully understaffed at the port. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Buenos dias, como esta? Bien, bien, y tu? all the Spanish I know. <laughs> you gotta um, learn some more. I sent you a quote of section 13 of the anti-corruption law. Oh, okay. Uh, it's on Facebook. Mm -hmm. On the Facebook feed. Read that for me, please. And tell me what you think about the actions of the board editing minutes so that they're not accurate. You sent this to me on WhatsApp, I'm Just, assuming? No, 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 no. Just oh, on, it's, I put it um, on Facebook. Anti-Corruption Act. Yeah. 2019 Facebook. Messenger, Facebook, where? Section 13. On, on the feed. 
on the Facebook Live. Oh, in this, in this, um, oh, yeah. yes. Okay. All right. So it says Anti Corruption Act 2019 Revision, Section 13. A public officer or a member of the Legislative Assembly who, in connection with the duties of his office, commits fraud or breach of trust is liable in conviction on indictment to imprisonment for a term of five years, whether or not the fraud or breach or trust would be an offense if it were committed in relation to a private person. Mm -hmm. Well, you do realize that a person who sits on a board is acting on behalf of the government. Yeah, I mean, I realize it. My question is, do they realize it? Well, that section of the law right there mm -hmm. makes it very clear that they would be in a lot of trouble if your FOI comes back and it proves that they did this stuff. Well, you see, the FOI, the actual report that, that they claim the governor commissioned, was a result of them making certain um, representations to the governor and the deputy governor about what the acting port director had done. So as I understand it, and I'm waiting to get the report, the entire report is all about her and her hiring, hiring practice practices in the space of a couple months and nothing yes. else in yes, relation but to what, the report. But what you said was that they did it because the person was, because they were temporary. But there's no, there's no, nothing in the law. Okay, let me just back up and say it differently. When you're talking about criminal law, usually the way the law is worded is it is it 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 prohibits something. So in other words, if it's not prohibited, it's allowed. And so there's no provision in law that says it's illegal to hire temporary workers. And not only that, but it's not it's not unlawful or illegal to do it in the manner in which she did. But they're That's they are the trying <laughs> to say that, oh, a previous port director did all of these other things when he hired, it's not in the law now, but supposedly he did all these other things when he hired uh, temporary workers and there's nothing on the file to prove that he did any of those things. It sounds like children are making those decisions. Right. And it's dangerous and it mm -hmm. should not be allowed. And the minister and should get the AG to step in and take action. Mm -hmm. because it's, it can cause the government to have to pay out a lot of money mm -hmm. when you wrong people. You you take people now and you ruin their reputation. Exactly. It, it can end up being a real mess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the government needs yep. to... If, I'm sure that someone in government is listening to the radio station today. Oh, yeah, they're listening. And so, so it is their responsibility now go away and look into this matter and make sure that everything is okay because you're making charges that are very powerful and if they fail to do that they are permitting it to continue and they should not be doing that they should be nipping these things in the butt i'm i am tired of people in in certain positions acting as if well you know this is the way it's always been you know you know how it works i'm like no i don't know how it works that's wrong and and i think that this type of stuff should not be allowed to continue mm 
the reasons that you're specifying, saying that because they're a temporary worker, that's an inappropriate reason to be doing what they're doing. Any, anyhow, that section of the law, they need to be mindful of. If they're editing minutes to give the wrong impression about what actually occurred, it's fraud and they can be in some serious trouble. Well, the question is, thank you so much, caller, for those comments. The question is, who is going to prove that they're editing minutes and who's going to speak up? This is, this is now a question of evidence. I have said it is my belief that that's exactly what's happening. That's one of the reasons why the minutes have not showed up on the website yet. Right? Because the port actually puts their minutes. Let's let's go to the port website. What's it called? Port Authority? Um, Cayman Islands Port Authority? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, you had employees saying they're not being treated properly and they've, they've produced documentation to say they're not satisfied with management. You know, what more proof? Well, obviously you need more substantive proof, but what 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 it kind of shows is from my opinion the culpability of the minister because the minister is of a different impression that all the board are a bunch of angels and they seem to be acting in the opposite and so this is what frustrates the general public when we say okay we see what's happening on the ground and when you have a minister allegedly who's up on government floor, fifth floor, not seeing what really is going on, it it solidifies or it continues corruption because, and I will use that word because what, what we're delving into is a board committing fraudulent misrepresentation in terms of board meetings. They're, they're carrying out defamatory statements toward a previous uh, director. And if, if she actually took it to the court, it would be a a lot of problems because if the court rules it in her favor, PACT, whoever, they're gonna have to pay her for that for, for those remarks that a minister appointed that board to. And so this is why, you know, I, I don't know what to say about that, but hmm. all right, I'm trying to find um the request that we sent four minutes let me just back up here so this was sent on may the 12th and i was requesting um from the port director he never responded if he could confirm when the port would be um posting all of the minutes on the website and also uh whether or not any original meetings because there's a question about this are being sent to attorneys for legal advice. No response from info at caymanport.com. No response from D. Christian, who's the current acting port director. No response from Klein Glidden, who's the chairman of the board. No response from Jay Shaw, also at the port. No response from, I mean, they, they've just not responded. And that was sent on the 12th of the month, almost two weeks later. Now, I'm just having a quick look at the website. It does look like some of the missing meetings that we were inquiring about may have now showed up. <laughs> so we're going to spend some time. We're not going to do it on this program, but we're going to spend some time going through those minutes. And like I said, I'm going to be very, very curious to see 
who was the recording secretary and who signed off on some of these meetings because I know the recording secretary wasn't there, nor her designate. One of the meetings that, uh, the minute of the meetings that had gone missing was the one where this whole discussion about Bravon Elliott and how he came into the picture occurred. So I'm very, very curious to see what they have actually placed in those minutes. The allegation is the reason why it took them so long to upload minutes from March is because they were fiddling with what to say in the minutes. And there should be no fiddling with what to say. If it was said and if it happened, it should show up in the minutes. Good morning to Andrea. Andrea says that even those who were given three months acting positions by the port, which are approved by the same board, are being told that they have to reapply for those positions again. Those three months should have been probationary period and they should now be confirmed in their positions. Uh, what is this witch hunt on Miss Beth for? Well, they have to discredit her in order to make themselves look good and not as dysfunctional as they actually are. Hank says, what a mess. You can say that again. Johan says, what are the rules and standards in the civil service and statutory authorities? Um, why are they only applicable to certain individuals? There's clear evidence others are deemed special and protected by the system who decides or are desperate to harm the reputation of certain individuals that are not part of the club. Well, once we have concrete evidence, we can sit here and, and talk about it. But, you know, Sandy, as I've said, you know, I'm working on the review. Um, I'll be reading, hopefully they don't take them down, these, these notes. I'll be going through and analyzing, you know. Oh, our, our caller's still on the line. My apologies. Oh, Dennis still there? Yeah. I did not know you were still I just, there. I just wanted to say that if there are concerns about this type of illegal action taking place, the person that it needs to be reported to is the commissioner of police because he's in charge of anti-corruption. Mm -hmm. I wish him the luck with that. Mm -hmm. Well, he has the powers to do the research necessary. He, he does, but you know, he, I see Go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I said, but you know something? I'm a biased individual. I'm a flawed human being. But my confidence with the police commissioner and his ability to do certain things, uh, that's just that. I'll say it as that. <laughs> if he investigates, good for him. If he doesn't, good for him. But I don't know. No, but somebody has to report it to him. Yeah, that's but you. Yeah, but the system do always work. Because no, 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 you know, no, but no, he's no, saying no, no. that if it's not even reported, it's not. He can't report something that he does he's unaware of. I mean, he can't investigate something he's unaware of. Hmm. So this the way the system works is the end is citizens have to do their part so that the investigating authorities can have the information they need to inquire about whether this is accurate or not. Yes, I mean, there has to be and, due process. And, right? and, and, yes, and you can say you have, you don't have any confidence in the police at all. And God knows I've had my conflicts with certain commissioners of police and what I consider their actions to be illegal. And I believe that some of that is still happening. But at the same time, you have to give them the opportunity to do the right thing. 
Mm. And then after they don't do the right thing, then, then you, you can say, recourse. that's right. Anyhow, that's my two cents for the day. Thank you so much, Danny. Appreciate Take it. Take care. Bye. So someone else is saying in relation to board minutes, um, that, uh, you know, they have experienced something similar with work permit board, Damien sharing his experiences from the BRAC immigration board. The point is if we do not take board appointments seriously, board appointees do not take their roles seriously, they're not professional, they're not documenting what actually happened. Um, I, I know that when I sat on the business, uh, at the time it was the business uh, team B licensing board, I swore that some people just showed up for the free meal that they were getting on that day. And you got a little stipend. It wasn't anything to, to, to speak about. But they were not taking their rules seriously. And as a result, you know, now that FOI is in place, they also know that whatever is recorded and re recorded properly and reported is FOIable. And so that's why they're going back and doctoring minutes and taking stuff out as though it never happened, as though it didn't occur. And this is a very serious indictment on boards. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the Cold Hard Truth. Good morning, Miss Hill, and good morning, Jared. How are you this morning? Very well. How are morning, you? Morning, morning. Fine, thank you. Well, a very interesting discussion there that um, Benny Warren Jr. kicked off. Um, and uh, the first thing, let me say, the section that he cited, the, the one about, um, I think that's the one about a breach of trust and, and fraud. That is something that really a lot of people need to pay attention to in Cayman. And just, just to give a little bit of a perspective to it, that offense actually exists uh, like all over the world, actually, at least in Commonwealth countries. It originated in England. It exists, for example, in Canada as well. And, and there's a, a, a Supreme Court decision which has made it very, very clear that uh, it is very, very important for, for people in government offices to act uh, in accordance with the trust that they are given, mm -hmm. okay? If somebody, for example, I think I, I might have, uh, I don't think it was on your show. If, for example, somebody is working for government and they are in charge of, I don't know, selling property to the public, uh, let us imagine they're selling something which anybody can tell should be worth around $10 million, and then they sell it for $1 million. They can't say, well, but you see, I, I didn't know. Because if it is an obvious fact, then it is a breach of trust for them to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think people in Cayman have to understand that these, these laws exist, by the way, there's another section, section 118 of the penal code, which is similar to section 13. But I think section 13 is the best one because it is in the anti-corruption law. So in other words, when you do that, it is it fits the definition of corruption. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there's, a, there, there's always a practical problem, okay, with mm -hmm. the reporting these matters to the police. You, you report it to the police, they won't do anything. Um, but I think people should still report these matters to the police. Mm -hmm. let, them be, let them be on the record. Let people understand that somebody came here and the commissioner made a decision not to prosecute. Mm -hmm. I, have done, I have done that. I, I, I right now, 
I am suing a judge. I don't want to get into too much detail, but but it is all on the website. Uh, the, 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 I'm appealing a case where I, I sued the judge, Mr. Justice Ian Kawali. I sued him. Uh, it's all on the website, and now I'm appealing the matter. Mm -hmm. I reported him to the RCIPS, and I was interviewed by a, a sergeant. And if you go into the, 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 the records of the police, they, they, there is a big file there. It's almost about the size of a giant, um, uh, like one of those box files. I, I said this judge, what he did uh, was a criminal offense, and I cited all the cases and so forth, and I said he has to be charged. Mm -hmm. Now, did they charge him? Judge charge him? No. That's where judge is also right, when he says, well, good luck with that happening. They didn't charge him. But, you know, the matter is still in court. They didn't charge him, but I reported it. He's on the record. And I believe that in the long term, mm -hmm. it may well have an impact. A lot of these things, you see, they can be ignored at a certain time because it suits somebody. But sometimes it just takes a change of office bearers and, and then somebody is, 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 uh, is, is prosecuted for it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's very, very important that we should continue doing this. You see, the whole issue about minutes, you see, minutes... They say that they say on the US Prime Minister, the old um, British uh, uh, political comedy, they say that if it is not in the minutes, then it didn't happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so the, the minutes are very, very important. It's like when you go to court, you, you know that. Both of you know that. Mm -hmm. If you go to court, mm -hmm. it is not so much what happened, it's what you are able to prove. prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And, yes. and you do that because of the minutes. But, but let, let me leave it there. But I think it's a very, very important discussion. And I think it's, it's good that you are pushing this matter because it helps to shape people, let people understand that these things are very, very serious and they are important and people should not be treated in this way. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank, I, thank you, so you very much. much. All right. You Bye -bye. know, what, one thing I want to add, Sandy, you know, according to the Public Authorities Law 2022 revision, right? You know, in terms of the compliance of public authorities, the responsibility is with also with the chief officer in making sure that at the end of the day, financial management is happening, personal management or governance practices of a public authority is, is being enacted. So I see, you know, we're, we're, well, I know I was, you know, making statements about the minister, but he appointed a board. Um, if, if anything will get done, time will tell. But, you know, some responsibility falls with the chief officer as well. And I want employees to know that there, there is a whistleblower um, opportunity that they can use if... Well, the, the, truth, the truth of the matter is, um, it's fair to say that most government workers are very, very afraid of using whistleblower legislation. Now, whistleblower legislation is very specific in terms of how it works. Um, what they would rather do to get a more immediate response is to simply give the information to CMR and have us put it in the public domain, discuss it, share the documents, and then all of a sudden everybody's scrambling and stuff seems to happen. Yeah. It's unfortunate that nobody trusts Trust the process, um, not even the government, but people don't trust the process that is legally in place, including the whistleblower process. Because if it was trusted to work as it is intended to work and to be, you know, effective, I suppose, mm -hmm. I believe that people would use it. 
but people have this underlying distrust of the entire system. And part of that really is because of their past experiences. People don't even feel like there's anything that's confidential that can be said in these situations where your identity is not then disclosed. Although by law, it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. But okay, I'll give you a situation. I call the police one time, right? And I say, hey, you know, I have this matter. Well, I called the Department of Commerce and Investment. They sent me to RCIPS. I spoke to this British lady, and I'm going to read after, because we're not going to be cheeky today. And she said, oh, take that to the courts. I said, you know how much money that is? Oh, well, you know, that's what I said, I'm going to FOIU. She said, what you say? I said, I'm going to do a freedom of, inf freedom of information thing on you. Her whole tune started to change Sunday, like when a truck changed gear. She mm. was starting to say, well, you know, you can come in, Mr. Jared, you know. So I said, wait, 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 you pull up brakes right there. How, how is it you changing your tune right now? And I said, FOI. But before you were saying, oh, take it to the court and thing. Mm. <laughs> I believe I believe that mother right there. What a mess. Um, Andrea shares the sentiment that the whistleblower process is not effective. Mr. Amelia as says that perhaps we need to have who is uh, signing off on those hiring removed. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure we um, are understanding that, Mr. Amelia. But give us a call, 936-2626. Sometime a phone call, you can say a lot with, with the spoken word. Um, Andrea says legislators need to pass laws uh, to prison or prosecute I think that meant to imprison or prosecute board members for dereliction of their duties. Full-time now laws be put in place to hold these people accountable. Um, well, if you read what Denny said, that's in the law, he's saying that the law already is, the anti-corruption law already applies to them. Now, have any board members ever been subjected to any charges for poor um, decisions? Because, of course, they're going to say, oh, it was just a mistake. It was just a poor decision. And so, therefore, there has to be some requirement for a breach of trust to their, for there to be the mental element required. Yeah, this, but, is a really, this is a really good legal question. But board, is what exactly is require, required? Board members do get in trouble. Fraud or breach of trust. It's just that they could always go back up. They could always go back on the board in that we had the same incident with the transport board where somebody not too long ago we did a we did a review on it was in court had been guilty and they put him back on the board they say and, and i hate to bring it up the same minister put him on the board i was saying oh well you know he changed you know something and i think aunt Lauder would say this mm. if it looked like a duck and it sound like a duck it is a duck so Child. so so you know i you, Some, sometimes i don't even know what aunt lottie would say if she was still alive she just said tap the wheel and tap the bus she, she would say what kind of foolishness is this <laughs> you know she used to say common sense not so common and uh, lulu says that she's listening on the radio thank you so much lulu yes bobo 89.1 uh is alive and kicking mm -hmm. Again, shout out to CUC, who's making it all possible this morning. I feel like this, this session, I should say that this segment has been sponsored by <laughs> Caribbean Utilities Company this morning. Got the backup generator. And boy, I tell you what, every all the lights are on. I don't see anything mm -hmm. flickering or anything like that. 
Mr. Amelia says that she experiencing some live uh, freezes. What kind of internet you got on your end, Mr. Amelia? Because <laughs> we clickety-clacking over here with some decent flow. So, um, yeah, we're going to continue to watch the board situation. I want to show you guys this from the perspective of the port. Now, Mr. Christian is only supposed to be in that position for about um, two, th three weeks, I think, is what they ended up deciding. So let me show you this. These are the board minutes. And we have up until April. March, April. Uh, March, they didn't really have... Yeah, so we had up to, so 491, 92, 93, these are the minute numbers, 94, 95, 496. What happened to 497 and 498? So those minutes are still missing for early May. Today's the 25th of May. Mm-hmm. So presumably we've already had a meeting on, they meet on Thursdays. So we've had one on the 5th and the 12th, two weeks later, no board minutes. I mean, what would be taking you so long to sign off on board minutes? The next meeting you should be uh, reviewing and signing off on the minutes from the previous meeting, and then they should be available on the website. Hmm. Uh, throwback moment. I was just scrolling on Facebook and you know, Facebook has this algorithm where they remind you of what you were doing on this day years ago. So this just popped up on my feed from May the 25th, 2017. So it looks like this must've been the day after the election. And ironically, it's about Kenneth Bryan. What are, what are the chances? Kenneth has been on my little radar for a minute. It says Alden underestimated, this is May 25th, 2017. Alden underestimated the people of Georgetown Central and Kenneth sacrificed his strongest candidate in the process. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was Marco Archer. And I go on to say, if I were Marco, I would be most upset at the PPM leadership, selfish at its best. Never underestimate the power of the people to affect change. Mm -mm -mm. Well, we were hoping. <laughs> I said, for this, he will never be premier again and the writings on the wall for his political career. It's coming to an end. He's no Kurt Tibbetts, that's for sure. Well, I guess Alan was wrong. If it's, <laughs> if it's listen, if it's listen, one to more, he pulled he pulled some hats, some tricks out of the out of his hat. <laughs> he had to he had to sacrifice Marco because mm. it, it's we, politics. We're not going to go too deep down this, but I just thought it was kind of funny mm -hmm. uh, that this popped up on the on the Facebook memory lane this morning. What a hot mess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, folks, um, here's another interesting thing about the port that you uh, probably do not know. There is a vendor at the port in the, in the building. You know, they have uh, people that they rent out the um, uh, Watler, what's it called? Something Watler Terminal. Um, yeah. Watler Terminal. And so they have people there who have leases and all this sort of stuff. My sources have shared from weeks ago that there is a very large vendor in the Royal Watler building who has no active lease, no active contract. And you know, the contract governs all sorts of things. And you should not be entering into government, should not be entering into a relationship 
without contracts with businesses, leasehold agreements and so on. And there's one right there, there right now that the board, the same board who has time to um, encourage an investigation into <laughs> Miss Beth Macfield don't even have time to make sure that their contracts are in order. So we would like to know when that contract is going to be signed and why up to a week ago, uh, I don't know about this week, but it hadn't been signed yet. And do they understand the precarious legal position that they're putting both the government and the people of the Cayman Islands in when you're allowing someone to operate without the legal framework in place, because that's what a contract does. It puts the legal framework in place of what that relationship is going to be. Things like, okay, you have to have insurance. Heaven forbid an American come and slip and slide and break a hip or get killed uh, and on, on site. Who's responsible for that? Is it going to be the vendor? Is it going to be you know, the Port Authority? All those things would be in the contract. Things like they have to have public liability insurance and you have to provide proof of the same. When you have no contract in place, folks, these are all of the important things that slip right through the cracks. Uh, and, and equally, the, these actions affect mm. public figures. And you know what I would understand? Eh? I tell the body, say, listen, pack your bags and go. We're, we're done with enough for today. Pack up, well, let's somebody go. Somebody else made this decision, uh, this comment, actually. Um, Andrea... So the entire Port Authority board needs to resign and block. The minute, the <laughs> minute. get rid of them all. And, and when you see, a very, very hot mess. More to come. Yeah, because when you see the board inviting some people and not inviting the whole board, when you see reports coming up and they're going missing, where you see meetings not being put properly, where you see. <laughs> I, I don't know. The whole board needs to go. I, I no qualms about it. If the minister don't want to do it, that's up to him. But Damien was asking about minutes number ninety. They have a note in there that there were no minutes that day because it was a walkthrough. It was a walkthrough of the facility. Anyway, folks, we'll continue to monitor the situation at the Port Authority. It it is a concern um, from security all the way down, and um, you know they still don't. They still do not have it together. Once we get our hands on that report, I will uh, go through the report with you guys and let you know what the report says, what it is that they were on a fishing expedition for, what they were looking for, and what they may have very well wasted a lot of government resources and money for. Because I heard the report did not prove what they were trying to look for against Miss Beth, which is uh, interesting indeed. Let's talk about another situation since we're going to discuss some since we've been discussing security here this morning. Last week, uh, last weekend was a public holiday, not this weekend gone, but the weekend before. And so um, on Friday the 13th was a discovery day. Was it? No, was well, it? Monday would have been Monday the 16th would have been discovery day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on the Tuesday, People are coming into Orrin Roberts International Airport. You guys know that now there's a security booth there. And this was the compromise. I'm going to just put it in very simple terms. Um, the UK government was saying, nope, you guys can't drive up to the curbside anymore. You have to park here and then walk two feet or 10 feet or whatever it is over to curbside. It was causing a lot of issues when it rains and you got all this luggage and, you know. So I think the new uh, board chairman, Mr. Um, Mr. 
Johan Moxham was one of those people who advocated for some better solution for the people of the Cayman Islands. Now the solution is you've got a security checkpoint that you go through, right? Where they have the little gate that goes up and down and there's a little boot there and the security man tells you to go and people are questioning why he's even there, but we're gonna talk about that here in a second. And then you were able to go curbside. The funny thing is, is I'm not sure what he's checking for, he or she or whoever's working. Because literally you roll down the window, give him a peace sign, I'm going to pick out my cousin, and they just believe you. There's no checking of documentation. There's no checking or scanning the car to see, like, do I have a car bomb? I'm, I'm like, to me, this is all an illusion. This, this, is, good, this is good optics. It looks good to say we have a security checkpoint there. There's a man sitting there. Somebody's getting paid. We've created a job for someone. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's not doing anything at all. You might as well really not even have it there. Sometimes they don't even get out of the booth. Sometimes you don't even have anybody in there. No, hold on. I'm going to tell you what happened on the 17th. So on the afternoon of Tuesday the 17th, flight comes in from Miami and you know, airport was busy that weekend. That was a public holiday. Monday was a holiday. A lot of people still traveling on, on the Tuesday. Flights were packed. So people are stuck at that security checkpoint and the gate isn't lifting and it's starting to back up. They waited for 20 minutes. There's the people on the scene now who told us the story the same day. But, you know, we were waiting for government to Port authority, um, uh, airport authority to do certain things. We're like, uh, what, what, what's going on here? Come to find out. Mm-mm-mm. You know what? Let, let's give somebody a gift certificate this morning. Win yourself a gift certificate to Popeye's or Burger King. If you can finish this story for me, what happened at the security booth? And you know what? I'm not going to open it up to any of our online people. And I know y'all going to be upset, all 254 of you. I want y'all to call in on the phone line, 936-2626, call via WhatsApp and tell me what you believe happened next. How did this story end? What was going on at the booth? Why people were waiting for about 20 or 25 minutes? 936-BOBO. Don't have any credit? Call on WhatsApp. I am curious to know. Who can complete this story accurately? What do you think happened? Mr. Amelia, get yourself a Burger King or uh, Popeye's gift certificate, honey chill. Marshall says, what's the point of security checkpoint if there's no real security? Make it make sense, Lord. Damien says, if you enter, you can go or through or turn around. You can, you can either go or turn around so you have to get let through. Uh-huh. Uh, Belika says failing to follow tender procedures has also been prosecuted in other countries as a breach of trust, which is corruption in Cayman also. Romelia wants to change the subject. No, you're not changing the subject right now. We'll get to that afterwards. <laughs> Call in 936-2626. Any guesses? As to what happened, Akina has a guess, but you got to call it in. We want you to actually pick up the phone, Akina, and call it in. Aliano says, what a waste of resources. 
Who had the bright mindset to put that there? Well, this was a compromise apparently with the governor's office is what we understand in order for them to allow us to go curbside. This is what it is. Anybody? No takers? Oh boy. Y'all are awfully quiet. Mm-mm-mm. Nobody wants a, a gift shirt. Now, I know y'all love y'all some fried chicken, you know. I don't know who y'all kidding. Akina, give us a call. 936-2626. I'm expecting Danny to call back, but he'll probably re-gift the gift certificate. All right. Well, no takers. We're going to have to go with the fact that nobody wants free food today. Okay. Akina. Um, oh, someone's guessing on the WhatsApp. You have to call it in. Oh, they're typing it in? Yeah. I'm not going to call, man. Call. Yeah, yeah. Y'all love to just type it in. I bet if you're a Waffle Monkey, you say, hold like here, man. Ring, ring well, up we, the line. We have a Waffle Monkeys gift certificate, too. Y'all want Waffle Monkeys? That's no problem. I, I don't want the we, Waffle Monkey. Ooh, we, oh, Akina says that, um, that she's oh, she at work. Okay. Um, Seymour Ramsey says Google can't solve this one. <laughs> so Janetta, the question is last week on the 17th on Tuesday, the 17th, people were waiting at the security checkpoint for about 20, 25 minutes. What happened to the security guy? Why were they waiting? Look, we got a caller. Good morning, caller. What is your guess this morning? Oh, sorry. The security was not in the booth. Yes, but what, what uh, due to due to Due to being in the restroom or chatting over, chatting to someone? No, those are good guesses, but nope, that's not it. Thank you. All right, love. All right, folks. Uh, those are some good guesses. But anybody else? <laughs> what do you think this dude was doing? Uh, try again. Come on now. All right, we got another person who wants to try. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the. Oops. Uh oh, what happened? <laughs> All right, folks, there we go. Here we go. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. Um, did the security got um, caught right-handed, like not doing what he's supposed to do? Oh, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, but what was he doing is the question. Not the right thing. <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need to be more specific. All right, we got another caller who wants to try their hands on it. Caller, good morning. What do you think was going on? Caller? Uh oh Hi, caller. Good morning. Morning. What do you think was going on? Uh oh, turn. turn he was down. sleeping. Yes, yes, he was. I think the security sleeping. guy was sleeping. He was sleeping in the booth. Morning. I think the security guy was sleeping. Yes, turn turn down your background sound for me. But you are absolutely correct. He was sleeping. Charlotte is calling all the way from the UK. But Carla, you were right. So, which gift certificate certificate would you like? Waffle monkeys, Popeyes, or Burger King? 
Waffle monkey will be nice. Oh, nice. They got nice waffle chicken jam. I, I tell you, I said oh, that. Oh. I'll pop that one. <laughs> we will message you um, after the show and get you hooked up with that gift certificate. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. Have a blessed All right. Miss Charlotte, good morning. You were going to wager a guess as well? Yes. Was the security guard on public holiday? No. The last caller got it right. He was actually sleeping in the booth, child. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for calling. I hope you're doing well. Yes, hon. <laughs> Have a good one. So we got a call all the way from Scotland in that one. But no, he fell asleep in the booth. Tell, Sandy, tell me how I know he was sleeping. He was in such a deep sleep. People were lined up waiting for 20 minutes. And then finally somebody called the airport and they're like, what's going on? The gate isn't opening. So somebody came out to check and sure enough, poor thing. He must have had a rough weekend. Must have been partying that holiday Monday. I don't know. Maybe he went to, um, did they have a fat or something on that Monday? I don't know. Yeah, I think but so. But the dude was sleeping. Cameron said he's listening to the cold hard truth. <laughs> Not in the afternoon, child. <laughs> yes, Marshall. People were guessing it correctly on on uh, online, but I said y'all had to call in today. He was sleeping. Yes. What a mess. Ali says, wow, who does that? Well, it seems like it was a deep sleep, too. It wasn't a little doze off, one eye open. You know, a little, you hear the, the car come up. You go, oh, Lord, let me jump back up. He was locked up in the air conditioning booth, feeling nice and cozy. I don't know if he had his pacifier or blanket or what made him so comfortable. But yeah, he was up in this sleeping. Seymour says laughing out loud, sleeping. The man is tired. Mm-mm-mm. Bored? How can you be bored when the airport is busy and you have cars coming and going and you should be jumping up and, you know, checking cars and walking around and ay ay ay. Mm-mm-mm. Aliana says my man was gone on a flight full first class sleep yo <laughs> yeah so anyway um, the authorities were obviously notified about this somebody said maybe he was smoking pot <laughs> no <laughs> Woo. good morning caller and welcome to the program yeah good morning this is so so funny <laughs> one or two things either he was Highly mistaken that that was his bedroom. Oh, yes. Or he's like the roosters. Don't know whether it's day or night. They're always growing. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks, my dear. Yes, I mean, this is quite a sad indictment. So some people are saying, um, you know, that we need to be sympathetic because what if he has some kind of sleep apnea or something like this? I'm thinking uh, th that, that's a real thing. And I know people who have it and they have... Um, What's the other one where you just fall asleep? Like you've been in the middle of a conversation. You're just, uh, um, I guess with an N. Oh, gosh. Oh. You know which one? But anyway, if he has those things, this is the wrong job for him. Because you can't fall asleep on the job when you're in the security business. It's a checkpoint. A secured checkpoint. Is it, is it narc narcolism or something? You're narcoleptic or something? But I don't know what job you can fall asleep on. Because in my mind, when you're at work, you should be staying awake. But, um, 
You know, there are sometimes narcolepsy. Thank you, Anne. There are some jobs out there where they like, you know, you can participate in studies where they want you to sleep. Maybe that's what he needs to sign up for. But working security at the Orrin Roberts International Airport, this ain't it. So my sources have said that um, there's a review and disciplinary matters pending. What a hot mess. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Are you awake this morning? Oh, I mean, I'm not awake because I'm not pressing the unmute button. Good morning, caller. <laughs> Good morning, honey child. How are you doing, honey child? Tell your mama happy birthday for me. I will. I'm blessed and highly favored beyond measure. She was a real celebrity yesterday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 82, 82 years old? 81. 81. 81. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I would like to put my two cents in with this um, sleeping on the job at the security. Uh-huh. Here's what, here's what is is I believe is happening, uh-huh. and I'm getting reports that is happening. Uh-huh. We have these people hired um, expats and put them from job to job. They have no time to rest. So they do one shift and then they leave that shift and goes into another shift. Mm. And, and it's a way of saving this, um, these companies' funds from hiring extra people. And at the end of the day, they're getting chump change for 24-hour service. Mm. So I think it's a, an abuse to, to workers mm. to be having to to leave from one shift to go to another shift with no rest, how are you going to expect your work to be done and your workers to function? Hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So that I have that that has, seems to uh, what, what is really the problem is that the, the the employers refuse to hire sufficient staff, so they use some. Um, to turn over shifts. And some of the times you find that they are willing to do it to agreeing to it because they're in need of the, of the fun of the pay from it. So, but at the end of the day, their, their body are, their body is being tired out. And when sleep comes, sleep come, mm-hmm. come what may, but when sleep is coming in, it's coming in. And Sometimes, I mean, no matter how much coffee you drink, because if I want a quick sleep, I go and, I, I just go and drink some coffee, and that knocks me out. Mm, mm, mm. So, all right, caller, we got another caller who wants to weigh in this one. Sleeping, sleeping security. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Caller, good morning. What's your take on the sleeping security guard this morning? Hi, good morning, Sandra. Um, I'm actually going to introduce myself so everyone knows who I am. Uh-huh. So, because I don't like the hearsay and trying to guess who you are when you call in and talk to us. Uh-huh. But this is Marva Reed, of course. Yes. Good morning. And I just want to good morning and good morning to all your listeners. Uh-huh. Um, I just want to clarify something in regards to the last caller that called in uh-huh. concerning employees um, working at Civil Aviation Authority mm-hmm. um, or Cayman Islands Airports Authority, yes. And and the reason why is because they made a statement. I don't know who the caller was, but a statement was made concerning um, the employees working different areas, the shifts and overwork and whatever they mm-hmm. were trying to say there. As a former 
employee of the Cayman Islands Airport Authority mm-hmm. in HR prior to the split. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone knows that I work at the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a manager for Delta Airlines and I've been there. I'm in my 20th year actually at the airport now in that role. I can safely say mm-hmm. that literally 95% of the employees that are hired at the airport's authority mm-hmm. are Caymanians. Working Cayman- when I mm-hmm. say Caymanians, not necessarily mean they're born in Caymanian, mm-hmm. but they have their Caymanian ties, whereby there is nine, more than probably 95 or more percent of those individuals that are there without work permits. So I, I want to correct that statement that that person was just saying there a few mm-hmm. moments ago mm-hmm. um, to make that quite clear. And not that I'm defending anyone for what they were doing, because, of course, being in aviation, Safety is number one priority at all times. So that is, you know, when it comes to aviation, safety is on everybody's mind and forefront. Mm -hmm. Safety and security. But what surprises me is that, and this, I'm just hearing of this now, of course. Mm -hmm. What surprises me is that there is a long line, and I'm picturing this right now, Mm -hmm. a long line of cars lined up all the way probably back to the little roundabout Mm -hmm. people waiting and wanting to go into the airport Mm -hmm. but i would like to know how many individuals that were in those cars and especially the first car how many individuals took the time Mm -hmm. to get out go to the booth knock on the door to see if maybe the person inside there was even alive you know, it really pains me to hear people sitting down, mm-hmm. laughing about it, joking about it, ridiculing it. What if that individual inside there had passed away? Mm-hmm. I they mean, need to think no, about things it's like a, that. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's it's a it's a fair point, Marva, and sure. you know, um, we only laugh about it after the fact because he was perfectly fine and he was just sleeping. Had yeah. had it been a more serious situation, then this would be a very different exactly. conversation. But no, I, I take your point. But he was sleeping. I know, and I hear that. Um, <laughs> you know? I'm, hearing, I'm hearing you all say that. Like I said, I don't know the facts behind it. But what I'm saying, what if that person wasn't sleeping, but that person was actually, that person not even dead. That person could have actually been unconscious. And, 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 and the reason why I'm saying this sort of thing, I mean, this happened to me many, many years ago, working at Delta when it was the old airport mm-hmm. where we had the hunger horse upstairs and all of this sort of stuff. And one night I wasn't feeling well and I was working late that night. Mm-hmm. And lucky thing when I go there and I work late in the night, I, I talk to my family quite often because I will, I find myself at nights working there until one, two o'clock. And that night it just so happened I was talking to my sister on the phone. I had a medical condition and I didn't think it was that severe. And I was talking to her on the phone and then I passed out. I literally went unconscious while I was talking to her on the phone. So luckily she was able to call paramedics and they alerted the airport and all of that. But what I'm saying is that you don't know the situation. And yes, this is after the fact, Mm -hmm. but the responsibility of those persons sitting in the car, everybody probably was on the phone calling about, oh, we're here, nobody not get not nobody now opening the gate for us. But did you get up out of your car to go and knock on the door? So but, but Miss Marva, you, you don't know that people didn't knock. 
That, that's the thing. I mean, oh. yeah, I don't, I don't you, know. We, we can't say that. People never know. Okay, well, okay, well here, you, let me ask you something, young man. If you're the mm-hmm. first person in the car and you got out of that car after a couple of minutes, because I know Caymanians and they're impatient. They yeah. walk into a hospital or in an establishment mm-hmm. and you can see 200 people in front of you. You want to be taken care of immediately. That's, yeah. human, that's human nature. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying, you get there, you're the very first car in line. Mm-hmm. There's eventually 200 others come behind you. At what point in time do you sit there 20 minutes later before you start worrying and thinking, um, okay, nobody's here to open the gate. But at what point in time did someone did get out and go and knock on the door to see if maybe there was someone in there? And if there was, what was the situation? Mm-hmm. Unless okay. you know the time frame, then you can't defend it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I give you an example, Miss Marva. I, I don't know, um, Marva, if anyone actually did get out and ah, do that. Make so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that information we don't have. But um, yes, I mean, but your, your point your point is definitely taken that uh, it was possible that something could have been wrong with him. Yes. As it turns out, he was just yes. sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, um, you know, not, not, like I said, not that I'm defending now the situation because mm-hmm. certainly, like I said, safety and security when it comes to aviation in all aspects is on the top. That's where it starts. Everything else falls in place afterwards, mm-hmm. customer service and all of that sort of stuff. Safety and security is the top. Exactly. So, I just hope that the matter is resolved and whatever the situation, you know, whatever the outcome is, um, it's in the best interest of both the employee and, of course, the establishment themselves. But thank you. And it's the first time I've called in. Oh, so. well, thank you so much. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we we love hearing that voice. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, my dear. So uh, some some salient points made there. And certainly if it, if he had, you know, more serious concerns, you know, we wouldn't be... Um, saying how how do you fall asleep on the job? But the facts are he was he was sleeping. It was nothing else. Um, so someone says that nope, Mr. Emil got it wrong. That's not what's happening at the airport in terms of people being overworked. She said she's making more general comments about security companies in general. So just to be very clear, these individuals do not work for a security company. They actually work for the well, Islands Airport Authority as security. So they work directly for the airport authority. Um, Gabby says she's missing the hungry horse. She misses those days. Um, the other um, quick thing in, in reference to, to this is someone else was talking about the pay. And I want to I bring this up because, you know, when I travel in and out of the airport, um, I oftentimes make certain observations, whether it's at the customs and immigration line, um, CBC, or, you know, even at the baggage area. So one observation at CBC is, can we please have one more line for Caymanians? Right now we have literally one line that says Caymanians slash residents. And you know, that's a lot of people. And then they have another line that says like residents or whatever. And I think the Caymanians jump into that line. Uh, we need one more. Like I said, I know Caymanians are dying breed and we're, we, we are like the native iguanas, very difficult to find. Like the blue ones, them on the The blue iguanas. uh, Yes. The reserve. You know, you've got like 10 lines. We can't have three out of the 10. That way seen. I think we spoke about this last week too. Yeah. Anyway, baggage handlers. You know, Cayman Airways has had the same two guys or three guys working as as baggage handlers for as long as I can remember. I don't even know their names. Y'all got to help me out here. Miss Marva, we should have kept you on the line. 
maybe you can help me. Um, remember, there was the there's a one guy who's kind of big. I think yeah. he had gastric surgery. He lost a lot of weight. And then the, the, there's the other guy from Georgetown who's like really, really slim. And then there's one who is kind of on the slimish side. I'm, I'm horrible with descriptions. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're all are like, what the hell? Who is Sandy talking about? But you know what I'm talking about. There's like three of them. And every time I come in, I see these three guys working. Porters, right? Baggage handlers, I guess they're called porters. Do you know that these porters at the airport who've been there for like all 15, 20 years make less than $2,000 a month? Mm-hmm. When you're coming into the, yes, Damien, when you're coming in and they're the guys who are taking the luggage off of the conveyor belt, Sometimes if y'all go shopping and you, you haven't been shopping because of COVID, you come back with 20 pieces of luggage. They're the ones who are going to put it all in the big um, uh, dolly. What's it called? Uh, the, the What's the pushing thing called? The uh, trolley. Trolley, yes. So they're going to put in the trolley. They're going to haul, haul it out, help you to your car. Those guys have been working there, some of them, for like all 20 years. Uh, thank you, Winnie. Winnie says the porters are Andrew and Teets. Well, I don't know what Teets' real name is, but y'all know who I'm talking about. They have been Sterly and Teets. Yes, Damien. Thank you guys for the, pro not proper names, but thank you for their names. They have been there forever and they're not making $2,000 a month. Can we please get some sort of a pay adjustment for these guys? Come on now. This was something that was brought to my attention when I came in on the 16th. Mm. People be pinching me. And these guys, listen, they lift some heavy luggage. Y'all know y'all don't stay within the 55 pounds now. Y'all be going up to all 75 pounds, 100 pounds. They be lifting heavy luggage, back pains, this ache, that ache. 20 years on. And, and not even $2,000? That's not right. Now, you know they must love their jobs. I tell you. <laughs> they have stayed there steadfast, just lifting luggage. And they always are so pleasant and friendly. Always have a smile on their face. Never a bad attitude. Um, can someone please do a salary review? Let's take a minute to take a quick break. And then I want to talk about this police constable situation that has been trending about police salaries and uh, what they are paid. Right, We'll be right back after these messages. At the HSA, we know that your time is a precious resource and want to help you spend it wisely. Avoid the wait and request your prescription refills through our website, WhatsApp, or by calling the pharmacy. Use our delivery service if you're vulnerable, elderly, or a civil servant, or pick them up the next day. Your secure health records are at your fingertips with our My HSA Patient Portal and Healthy Life app. Our nine locations throughout all three islands make receiving quality care simple and convenient because your time matters to us. Recover Personal Injury Attorneys, helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. Hey, look here, you looking for something to do, or are you looking for something to do with friends and family? How about a private boat trip? Enjoy popular locations like Stingray City, Starfish Point, Rum Point, or Kaibo on a trip with WG Charters. Private boating is only $400 CI or $500 US. 
Take him or her out on an evening date and cruise around the North Sound for that beautiful sunset or romantic night cruise for only $300. Visit WGCharters.com or look for WG Charters on Facebook, Instagram, or WhatsApp 345-923-1741. WG Charters. My joys. At Innovative Building Products, we provide professional builders and homeowners with the highest quality materials from top brands worldwide. Tiling tools, waterproofing systems, fin sets, self-levelers, grout, along with porcelain floor and wall tiles. Our products are 100% guaranteed, promise 100% satisfaction, and beat competitor pricing. Pallets of materials are ready to go. Quick and easy convenience to get you in and out within five minutes. All right, folks, uh, welcome back to the program. So we do have people also participating in the conversation via WhatsApp. So one, per one person uh, makes the observation, says those guys actually recognize the passenger bags before you get, uh, get in to the rival area. Uh, another person says one was named Turtle, but no longer there, and Mark in East End. Uh, someone else says Desmond Whitaker, a.k.a. Teets. Mm -hmm. Y'all know what's going on. Um, all right. Very good. So yes, please. I don't know who's responsible. I guess that falls under CIAA. Came out on April 30. Please do a salary review. We all know that those guys can't live on the same salary they made 20 years ago. Uh, thank you, Melita. She says it's Desmond, Mark, Derek, Robert, and Andrew. All been there a long time. And these are hardworking guys, like legit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrea says, yes, she was told that they are not being paid properly. It's just that the, the wages have changed in the past 20 years. And it seems like they're not, you know, we, we see these increases and other people get all kind of, you know, increases and it's not, but, but some people who are all the way down at the bottom of the totem pole, did not get nothing but really get forgotten about. And we cannot forget these guys are Caymanians. They have Caymanian families, uh, parents, whatever. They have responsibilities just like everybody else. They got bills to pay. And the economy and the cost of living keeps going up. Uh, Damien says they're actually the common sense of the luggage belts. <laughs> That's funny. Janetta says, seriously? Yep. Ramsey having a good chuckle. Uh, DJ Trucking says, I know restaurants that pay less. Well, you get gratuities in a restaurant. You can make way more than that. That's the other thing. A lot of y'all don't believe in tipping. Can I just say something about this? Uh, might I encourage you when people are in the service industry to think about the fact that they are making a particular wage based on management's opinion that they will be given a tip. But some of y'all are so cheap. You're not tipping your, your grocery baggers, those little young people. Oh, that's a, a little $2 and give them, Charlie, be so happy. They'd be like, oh, this is the first $2 I saw all day. Give them a little tip. Come on now. You know, tip your service industry workers, your baggage handlers. Be considerate of others. Because sometimes that's how they're able to survive and live properly, off of the tips. The base salary is barely there. And the truth of the matter is they're not really getting much... Um, of a supplement in terms of the tips because people just being cheap. Y'all go to Miami and spend all your money 
and you come back broke, sometimes you don't even have money to pay to get you out of the parking, the long-term parking. Save a little $10 in your bag. Don't mm -hmm. spend it all. So that when you come in, you can make sure that these guys have a little something, something. Okay. Let's talk about the police for a second here. Uh -huh. So there was a post on social media that somebody sent me the screenshots for. I'm trying to find it. Um about police compensation for police constable positions. So, police recruit constable, I think. Something yes. Like that. So we have the uh, job description here. I'm just going to pull it up here in a second. And uh, you guys are complaining that these guys are simply not making enough money. And so I think we should talk about it. I think it was on Siobhan's page, but I don't see the original post on her page. Where is it? Oh, I'm trying to find the original post. Yeah. I know Siobhan commented on it because the person sent me screenshots and included her comment. But where is the original post? It's on CIG vacancies. Uh, where? Or... No, 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 oh. no, no. Hold on. So uh, somebody, yes, here it is. All right, thank you very much. Quick, quick people, quick fingers here. Somebody actually sent me the screenshot of it. All right, so here's the ad. And uh, this is basically, I guess, um, the police, RCAPS, looking for a police officer to hire. And the salary range is in the vicinity of, it says $43,812 per annum. So y'all complaining that this is not enough money. Let me show now. Let me show you now. All right. So here's the job advert. Oh, can barely see that. Can we enlarge that? How, how big can we make it? So it says, are you between the ages of 18 and 40? And do you have what it takes to keep the Cayman Islands safe? A safe place to work, live, and visit? If so, the RCIPS wants to hear from you. So it goes on to say, this is a recruit constable position. A range of specialists and patrol functions, including neighborhood policing, traffic, drugs, and so on. Then they talk about all the different stages that you have to go through. Uh, applicants must have no criminal records in any jurisdiction and truthfully, truthfully declare all information requested on the application form, important to potential recruits, have some social awareness and an interest in criminal law. And then they say to see the job description. So new recruits do 17 weeks of initial training. Applicants must be Caymanian as defined under the immigration law, which means those y'all who think that being a Caymanian only means you're a fifth generation Caymanian. That's not how the immigration law defines it. Be physically fit computer literate, and have a sound educational background. Now, I know that's a lie because some of y'all can't, police officers can't spell. Child to be writing up statements and even with, with spell check, they'd be getting it wrong because they don't know the word. So um, that's the position there. Let me see if I can pull up the, I think I had the job description here somewhere. So they do have a more detailed um, job description. Now, here's the thing, right? I'm not so sure what the um, what the issue was in terms of the position. So here we go. This is the more detailed job description. It's five pages long. 
Y'all are saying that that salary is not enough. Yeah, now, the, the, it changed. The money changed. Cause the job said forty three, but when you look at this oh, job posting, it's thirty four. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I could be wrong. Uh, I looked at it. But... Those of you who were having the discussion, maybe we could get. Because, like I said, I only got screenshots, and the person who sent the screenshots just said, "Just wow," but they didn't really include much else. So I'm trying to figure out from the comments because they they included comments in there, and I'm trying to figure out what what's the issue. Because to be quite frank, $43,000 for a person who is not qualified to do anything. I mean, you know, you don't necessarily have any qualifications. Um, that's not a bad salary. You can be a high school leaver and go work as a police constable making $43,000 a, a month. I mean, per annum. Hmm. So... But remember saying that you got know all those laws too. What they have? Please, I don't know who there. they like. I don't it's, know who they're lying to. But you, you really think? <laughs> no police officer know all those laws by heart. To be honest with you, but they really. It's not even about knowing them by heart. You have access to them, and that's why they send files off to legal because they don't need to really know the law. Well, I guess some general understanding would be helpful. Mm -hmm. So that if you know if someone has a firearm, you know in this country you need to have a license to have a firearm. If you don't, then that's committing an offense. I mean, stuff like that. Well, I, well, I, and it doesn't say that you need to have any knowledge. It just says the post holder must also understand, comply, and enforce the following criminal statute, statutes and regulations, including and not limited to. So it's all of the laws of the Cayman Islands. Yeah, pretty much. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be like, okay, what does Section 25 of the Marine Conservation Law says? No police officer is going to be able to tell you that, child. They don't know. Well, I tell you, the, 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 everything shows. And, and during, during their training, you know, they will go through, um, I'm sure, a review of some of these things. And there's a lot of times I've seen it where police call you and they think they know the law. And then you say, mm, let me give you a reference point. <laughs> And then they back it up because they really do not know what they're talking about. So competencies, excellent conflict resolution, interpersonal skills, ability to remain calm and professional, considers risk and evaluates uh, choices or chooses best alternatives, uh, must demonstrate a commitment to self-development and be comfortable working flexible, working flexibly and applying learning to core and focused responsibilities, acts with integrity, respect, and dignity. I should have been up at the top. Takes ownership for resolving problems, acts on its own, blah, blah, blah. No supervision of others. You know, I, I mean, I don't really see a whole lot of qualifications here that are required. $43,000, that's still a low salary for that position. Ms. Della says, Sandra, I agree with you. You should tip if you receive good service. Even every little bit helps. Uh, Damien says, I've seen too much discriminatory service for me to tip extra cash. Then if you do tip less service as they think you're going to tip them extra as usual anyway. Don't work like that. So some of the comments on this particular post as it relates to the RCIPS based on the screenshots that were sent to me. Included one person saying that they kick you in the butt, 
No matter how much you work, this is about the RCAPS now, they hope that you would commit yourself so you can so they can prosecute you and make an example of you. Other police services, such as some in the UK, Cayman's mother country, have an exit briefing. When you're leaving, they suggest ways to cope with your future financial situation. And this is a former police officer making these comments, by the way. And even advise on jobs that you should be able to do when you exit the service. Is that their job to do all that for you guys? Lots of handholding expected here. Uh, this person goes on to say, I even asked to keep my former badge as a souvenir. Uh, okay. And not even this they would afford me. I'm not guessing or speculating. I never missed a police review magazine when I was in the RCAPS. I got this from my reading, this periodical well, I'm a little bit confused here, as speaking to former officers of the police services, but I'm glad that I'm living above reproach without even one cent where, when I was leaving. We're civilian citizens who are in a position to assist with information, and then it goes on. So, um... That's Mr. George. He's a former police officer. And he uh, sounds a little bit salty about how he exited the force. And George was with the force a long time. I can't remember how many years, but he went to law school with me way back in the day, honey chow. Um, and, you know, let me say this about the police force. I'm well aware that they have their issues. And the police constable association, whatever, police service association is always suing them for some kind of breach about time and overtime, they, they, they got a battle going on. However, there were a lot of things that they were permitted to do as police officers that I always thought, wow, shoot, maybe I should become a police officer. Like they were given permitted time off to go to law school on a full-time basis. I've never seen such a thing in my life. And listen, I don't know if it's still the case, but back in the day, you had a lot of RCIPS officers going to law school because it was so easy to do and running other businesses on the side and all sorts of things. When, when they retire, they come back and they, they put them on a contract and they continue working. And on top of that, they're getting a pension. So I, take, I, I don't know. I think the question you should ask is which young person would work for 43,000? Cause if you ask me, uh, what is that per month? That, that's you're looking at about, that's roughly about over $3,000 each month and with no qualifications y'all have a problem working for that i had a young person stick a pin right there jared i had a young person yesterday who um sent me a message on the social media saying that they're looking for a job that pays ten dollars an hour and my first thought was what are your qualifications to be making ten dollars an hour people have a misconception about how the employment market works they just think, oh, I can demand any kind of salary regardless of what the position is, what I do, or what my qualifications are. And in the real world, that's not exactly how it works. So you want a job paying $10,000, $10 an hour, my apologies. The question I would then ask is, what are you qualified to do to make $10 an hour? Hmm? And another young lady, I don't know if yesterday was National Employment, like asking MR about a job day, but another young lady sent me... Um, a query about a job as well. She said she's looking for a job. And I said, okay, send me your resume. It's a one-page resume, extremely simple. And she has words like time misspelled on her resume. But y'all want to be making $3,000 plus a month? I'm just saying. 
you got to be able to bring your A game when you're in the employment market. I see somebody else on social media cussing the government. Oh, this pack government does not. You know what they're upset about? Because the stipend money is coming to an end next month. And apparently some of them this month didn't get the full 1500. It's been shaved down to 700 and they didn't get the memo. But I'm pretty sure the government told them that that was coming. Because I remember it. So now they all salty. A few of them called me yesterday. We didn't know this. Y'all need to get out there and start hustling for real for a job. And one person that I saw commenting on social media, you know, I'm not trying to hurt people's feelings, but sometimes a cold hard truth does that. They cuss the government. Oh, this government is not. And I thought to myself, son, you need to get your life together. You have a drug addiction problem. You're bipolar. You've got all sorts of issues. The government has gone out of its way to help you, to send you off to treatment, to do this, to do that. And how do you repay them? And what do you do? When you're in treatment, you somehow manage to get crack in your treatment room. And so they kick you out of the treatment program. Let us speak the truth and shame the devil. You don't have no right to be sitting down there cussing the PAC government. What do you want the PAC government to do? Hand you a crack pipe and $3,000 every single month so you can continue with your crack habit? You need to get your life together. You can't blame. At some point, you've got to stop the blame game. You know what I'm saying? You can't be blaming other people for your level of dysfunctionality, especially when they have offered you more than enough opportunities on the government's dime to get your shit together. And you still talking about you cussing the government. Mm-mm-mm. Child, when I saw that, I, I did a quick scroll. I'm like, I'm not even going to entertain you and your foolishness today. Sabrina says, Lord, speak the truth, Sandy. Yes. Damon says, bribes and buy his vote. Bri- well, <laughs> listen to me. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Michelin says it's sad to see commanding housekeepers and janitors at the HSA making $1,800 per month. One janitor working a night shift um, in that big hospital. The place not cleaning properly with one janitor being um, pressured with such a low salary. Hmm. Tell her to go play for the RCAPS. They're looking for people. And they're going to pay you over three grand a month. I'm just saying. Ali says, I was shocked when I saw him cussing pack like that. Yeah, please. Y'all need to just behave. But if there's one thing, though, on the can't play with Chris when it comes to that money, because Chris ain't giving out money. Well, we, we shouldn't be in the business of giving out money. And, the, and- the, the situation surrounding COVID was a very unusual situation, right? The, the, the government had to support uh, industry workers, they had to support small businesses, but that is not a position that can continue. Yeah. Where do you all think government gets money from? It does not grow on trees. Even at Lottie used to say that. She said it don't grow on trees, so don't become asking me for none. Mm-hmm. She used to pull out that American dollar. She see, yeah, you see this money right here? The American dollar has a bald eagle on it. She said that money flies. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like, I would look at Aunt Lottie, like, really? She says, yes. The second you have money in your hand, it flies. That's because the eagle's on it. I was like, Lord, you know. And, and, you know, it goes in tandem with what you were saying. You know, we know UCCI offering a year-long program for Kimmanians to do trade, 
plumbing, electrical, computer. You got government say, hey, come be a police officer. Jared Bill, you be a police officer. Time to tell, I know. But the, there's opportunities out there. There's opportunities. You can make a business. Yep. And every single time DOT has a training session, y'all are not even showing up. And people need it. You see the thing? You, 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 you cut down the government. Oh, there's not enough training opportunities. We want this. We want that. Mm -hmm. And then you do not even show up when the training opportunities are presented. You got every excuse under the sun. And works be doing training. And okay, we can't really cause work like that because they be doing training when they're ready. They do training. You know? Like, you have to show up. And, and showing up is the hardest part because that that requires mm -hmm. a level of commitment. And, that and should artists. be the easiest part. But anyway, so, all right. So we have a new segment here in the show called Mailbag. <laughs> in other words, you send us your questions and your mailbag, uh, you know, commentaries, and then we're going to read and share those. Now, there's one that I want to share because it's kind of related um, to this discussion this morning about pay and other things, right? So. We'll do mailbag, I think, on Fridays. Uh, by the way, Mr. Bush tendered his apologies this morning. He said that there's a little bit of a miscommunication there, and he will be coming on the program on Friday's show. So tomorrow we have our um, child expert that's going to talk about disciplining your children in, in a constructive way. On Friday's show, we have a Pulitzer Award uh, nominee from the Miami Herald. She's an excellent writer. She covers all of the English-speaking Caribbean countries for the Miami Herald. And she's also of, uh, of Haitian descent. So she's going to be talking to us in tomorrow's program about the uh, migrant situation specific to Haitians. And I think it's very, very interesting to juxtapose that against what we know of the Cuban migrant situation. So she'll come on the program on Friday as well. And then we'll also have uh, Mr. Bush in part of the program. And I think Mr. Nolly Brown was going to come on the program and talk about the bari bariatric surgery procedure because he's someone who did it over five years ago and wants to share his experiences as well. So listen to this. You're going to find this very, very interesting. This person says, good morning, um, Sandra. This was actually from March mailbag. So we got to start pulling out some mail. I work for a certain bus company as a bus warden, and we're on a week break now. And we are not, we have not been paid for those days off. Sandra, as you know how things in Cayman are very hard and the cost of living is really high, people are struggling to pay their mortgages, much less buy food. The older bus staff is getting paid by the government full salary. So why are we not paid the same? Our own Caymanians are full agreed. I got to understand that the government is paying the bus company full salaries, whether it's a holiday or not, and the workers are not receiving that pay. The only days we get paid is for the days that we work. Mm, mm, mm. I think it's unfortunate and unfair. Everyone looks like they're afraid to speak out. I'm asking you to please look into this matter. Have a good day. Then we got another one that says, per conversation earlier, regards the ongoing issue with the bus wardens not being uh, paid fully. If you can assist me with an ongoing issue I'm dealing with, I'm currently working as a bus warden at one of the school buses, and I only have a verbal agreement with the company as they have yet to issue the labor terms and benefits contract to me. Hmm. Sounds like they're in breach of the law. They'd indicated that they would issue one, but to this date, I've not been issued one to review or sign. And I have become aware that others, other coworkers, um, 
have also not been presented with their contract to sign. Now, I don't know which which company this is, but there's only so many um, one name companies in Cayman, right? Barnes, Whitaker. I think one name Barnes, one name Whitaker. Uh-huh. So this one goes on to say, my main concern is during the holiday breaks for the schools, especially summer, we are not paid for that time. And I've become aware that government actually pays the company for those holiday breaks. So if they're paid by government for those holiday breaks, why in turn is the company not paying the workers? It is difficult to be off for two months and not receive any salary. I have my mortgage and other bills to pay, and it's already hard enough receiving $60 per day sometimes for the month. We only receive $600 to $800, depending on the amount of holidays each month. Mm -mm -mm. It would be wrong of the bus company to be compensated the contracted amount by government and not be in operation and then keep all of the funds and not pay anything to the workers for that long length of time to fend for themselves. I'm not sure how to proceed with this situation as it was hard enough for me to get employment in these times. And as Caymanians, we get a bad reputation when we speak up on injustices and the companies are quick to fire us and say we cause issues in the workplace or are lazy or some other excuse when they're trying to justify their mistreatment and handling of their employees. As we all know, the Labor Board doesn't help, nor do they provide any guidance. Sandra, I would really appreciate it if you could look into this. So let me say this first and foremost. That's multiple people contacting us about the bus warden situation. And this is nothing new because during the COVID, during the shutdown, the lockdown, we heard of these same complaints as well. Because in fact, the previous premier, Sir Alden to you, actually brought it up at one of the press briefings and he said, that the bus company should be doing the right thing. And I'm like, hold on a second. Uh, you've just been told that they're not doing the right thing. They're still getting paid, but they were not paying the workers. You have a contract with these companies, you being the Cayman Islands government. If they are not following the law and it comes to your attention that they're not doing so, so they are not giving out contracts of employment, which by the way is a breach of the law. You either give it a contract of employment or terms and conditions. That's what the labor, the current labor law states. And if you've not done any of those, you're breaching the law. You're paying them all year round for their bus services. And trust me, it's good money in the bus business from what I understand. Million dollar contracts. And then they're not paying their employees or their staff for periods of time, which they're still getting paid for. The CIG, the Cayman's government, needs to put certain conditions in place when they deal with vendors. And one of the most basic conditions is that they should be adhering to the laws, including the labor law. That, to me, that's like you know, 101. That, I am reviewing the Labor and Pension Board. Um, it, it it is just disingenuous when companies do not follow because as a contractor when you no no not just disingenuous it is against the law but the, you know the frustrating thing is when you have laws and people don't abide by them because i, I don't know what to tell you because frustration isn't what i'm feeling at this point it's just very sad that we had one instance where you know, uh, yeah, 
it's and would would in this case the RCIPS step in for this type of matter, or would it be something that? Well, has to go I mean, to the, the, court? the the appropriate persons to do something about this. Because why why haven't people been given their contracts? Why haven't people signed? <laughs> you see, the the burden is then on the victims, i.e., the employees, to do to all go the to work. the labor department and to lodge a complaint. And what will labor going to do? And, you know, like like that last one said, they're afraid of losing their jobs. So Loved Lopez, uh, Damien says facts. Love Lopez says, yes, I have a family member that works for a bus company. And she has her pay slips as proof. People need to speak out. That is so wrong. So I don't know which bus company is doing this. On a, on a, <laughs> but, you know, they need to, to get it together. Yeah. I mean, making six eight hundred dollars a month. What? Diane says I agree. I went and went on to make an appointment. I got twenty twenty four. Seriously, that's a long time. What is this appointment in relation to? Oh, I think um this was trying to get a, a visa appointment. Loved Lopez says Al did his friends with the owner and he drinks at the same bar. Again, that shouldn't matter. I don't I don't care if it's his cousin. If you have a government contract, there's certain things that you should be adhering to. I'm telling you, when they want when they want to do it, they do it. Everybody has a KYC form now. You need to show them your business license. If you have an incorporated company, every year you need to provide annual returns. You need to do this. You need to do that. Uh, hello, make it a stipulation that you um, are following the labor law that you have all of your employees in contract, that you're paying them for periods of breaks. I mean, this is just wrong because those same people, when they fall in hard times, who you think, who, who are they going to call? This, this isn't Ghostbusters here. Who are they going to call? They're going to go to NAU. They're going to go to their MPs. They're going to try to rely on social services to augment the fact that for two months during the summer, they're expected to go without, without a salary. Not even the teachers are doing that. Teachers get paid a full salary all year round. No matter how many holidays there are, and during the summer breaks, they get paid as well. There has to be some degree of equity here. Yeah, I, I'm just curious to know if DCI would fall into that category of checking in, Department of Commerce and Investment. Um, I'm just curious. Hmm. So Gabby says that you need to be making at least $2,500 a month just to get by, not living comfortably to get by. Especially pension and health insurance is coming out of that. Worse, exactly. if you were paying rent, you need at least three thousand to thirty-five hundred. Lopez says union bus companies. Him and Alden his friends. I've never even heard of union bus company. Who who are they? Who are they owned by? Good morning to Sonia. So good to see you. Thank you for joining the program, folks. Nine three six twenty six twenty six is the telephone number. What I want to say to all of you is, I know a lot of you will send me these messages, and you're like, "Oh, Miss Sandy." We need you to be the voice of the people, but I want to encourage you all to find your own voices. I got another call yesterday from taxi workers and they're like, you need to come out on site, do an on-site visit um, and see if, you know, people on site won't talk to you about what's happening in the taxi business. Because apparently, although the country is reopened, they're not making any money and it's a real dismal situation. But I said to the person, if I come on location and nobody's willing to speak to me, how, how do you expect your voices to be amplified and your stories to get out there if, you don't, if you're too afraid? 
but, at but, some point you've got to stop being afraid. But can you blame them though, Miss Sandy? Well, you could always call, always call in, and I will take the investigation, as you know. But I, I think, as as people have indicated, when they say something, they get labeled as "oh, you're being a troublemaker," "oh, you're lazy." So, well, I get I, it. But we're not saying that. Okay, don't do anything. Do something. You know, raise your voice, as as Sandy said. Call. You could put in a little, I guess, tip or whatever, or drop a tip in terms of who the company is. But Sandy, it's it's very hard when it's just you alone making the complaint. You get what I say? Because if yeah. if if Sir Alden did know and did not do anything, that is when. We're in a... and, and I'm not saying that he personally has to do anything. This this should be um, one of the things, you know, one of the one of the agreements when you have um, a contract with government. There should be certain things that you have to do, and one of the certain things that you should have to do is just follow the law. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. I'm back. Hey. Um. People when they want issues resolved, think, well, I'll be victimized. But isn't the point of making the complaint in the first place is that you're already being victimized mm -hmm. or mistreated? I mean, so you're willing to accept the current mistreatment because you're alone mm. but you don't want to make a complaint to get a resolution so that the mistreatment can go i don't i don't understand that logic okay denny you see the pork thing people have made complaint and look at their predicament so when when and, and that's a government thing but when when you see series of events where people make complaints and nothing really happen mm. Well, well, well you, you're talking of when you went in the last comedy you're talking private sector or public sector well both of them seem to be having a not not in that comment i was referring to public sector but it's not far-fetched to see that would there be a difference in private sector because yes there people, would there be people, people, people do people do get mistreated in private sector yeah but there's a major difference in the private sector and that is that in the private sector, the companies can set the policies to pretty much however they want, unless the law prohibits something. So that's why you need to be in a position where you're informed enough and, mm -hmm. and smart enough to say, look, I'm not going to enter a contract that's against my best interest. And what, what the society as a whole should say is, look, mm -hmm. if, a, if someone is being mistreated in a certain way, they need to put themselves in that person's shoes and say, look, the concept of society is that we do things together so that we benefit each other and, and, and that you recognize that if you don't help the other person when they have, uh, when they're being mistreated, when your turn come, nobody's going to help you because you're just going to say, well, when I needed your help, you sat there, did nothing. Now that doesn't help any of us. Yeah. And, and it, it, it destroys the entire concept of living in a society. Mm -hmm. But, but, but you, but what needs to happen is that the person 
the persons that it's not happening to need to say to themselves, this is an, an issue that's of interest to us all because we could be next. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Uh, Instead of saying, well, I'm going to be victimized. Listen, you know what they did in America? They fought the British. Okay. You, you know why they fought the British? Because the British king was saying to them that the rights that they enjoyed while that while these the, the people who were living in the colonies were were for the most part the ones who were running the country were British and they saw themselves as British and mm -hmm. their complaint was um, we want to enjoy the same rights in the colonies as we do in the imperial country mm -hmm. and the king said uh you all need to be hung by your neck until you're dead mm -hmm. and so their response was okay then the only option is bullets and see what i'm trying to explain to you is mm -hmm. if there's not a reasonable way forward then the only option you'll have is an unreasonable one and, and, leave and, me leave me there we're quickly running out of time this morning i do want to address one other topic Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, folks. Um, final topic of the day. You may have seen the headline this morning on CMR that um, CMR helps police apprehend man, man sharing child porn. If you missed the story, please go on the website and have a look. So this was quite a shocking situation, and I don't want to get into too many details. I, I didn't even know that the police had proceeded with prosecuting anyone, which I'm glad that they found the guy. Um, because we were at the front end of this and I didn't know that it had even gone to court or anything. He pled guilty. So I think it was kind of fast track in that sense. So this is back in 2020. Um, what I want to say is this, you know, here at CMR, you guys know, I take a very, very, very firm position against abuse and I don't tolerate it. Abuse of children, sexual abuse of children or adults in any way, shape or form. And if any information comes to me by way of proof, I will provide it to the authorities. No questions asked. What happened in this case, it was so disturbing. There was an actual video of a baby being sexually assaulted, being raped. It was horrific to watch, I can tell you. It physically made me sick to my stomach. And it was posted on social media. And I was like, WTF? And I actually said the F word in that instance. Who does this? And then I was beyond disturbed. So I immediately collected the evidence because you know what can happen. They're going to say, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. We don't have any evidence. You know, it's taken down. It's gone. So I screen grabbed it. I got the video for the purposes of uh, providing the police with the evidence. And I gave it to them. Um, they contacted me. They said, you know, we need to do it a certain way so that we, you know, keep the, the chain of evidence clean. And, you know, I just followed their instructions and I gave it to them absolutely disgusting you guys have no idea what i'm talking about and this is not something you ever want to see in your life believe me you it just physically made me sick a baby like a baby so this guy who's here working in the cayman islands when i was uh, looking over the cases yesterday i was like wait a minute I'm reading the case notes and it's like oh this media house you know turned in reported to me turned in. i'm like uh 2020 this is before that this sounds like us i was like what the 
they, the, they never got back to us. They never gave us an update on what happened. And lo and behold, this is the sentencing notes now that have been published on the judiciary website. The guy has gone to jail. 33 months on one count, 12 months on another count, 16 months on another count. So, of course, he comes up with an excuse that, oh, the reason why he was downloading it and uploading it was to notify the police. Liar. Liar. But they discover his phone had more content on it of child pornography. And of course they all, oh, he's, he's not, he's not high risk to anybody to reoffending. I don't know who, who provides these reviews. Where, where's my, you always lying soundbite again? Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God. Stop fucking lying. Seriously? Lying about child porn? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. I was trying to closely watch the time because we had to make an exit on radio. Folks, this is beyond disturbing, right? So this man, his name is Jamaican barber, Kaysen Ricardo Holiness, 33 years old. This is him. This is a younger photo over here, and this is an older photo. Child porn all over his phone and this video of a, of a baby. When I tell you a baby, I'm talking about a baby. Not, not a toddler, not a walking child, a baby being raped. He somehow wanted to share this video. This is a man who has two children of his own in Jamaica. Lord have mercy. And he shared this on social media. And then had other child pornography um, content on his phone. So thank you, RCIPS, for following up on this. They reported to Facebook. Facebook identified the holder of the account. They tracked him down, working as a barber right here in the Cayman Islands, y'all. Cutting your little children's hair. What a mess. Talking about he did not know it was illegal to share these images. Are you kidding me? Dude, who does not know? You people are sick. Then they did a forensic analysis of his um, Samsung phone and they found a number of other videos of child porn, which had been on the phone from April the 30th to June the 26th. He had transmitted these videos during that period via WhatsApp Messenger and via Facebook. So he was sharing it with other people. The child's age in one of the videos in respect of count one, was estimated between four months to 18 months. This is what the report said. The video, the the court case, the video clearly showed the baby being penetrated and crying incessantly. 
He is the father of two teenagers, one of whom is a girl. But yet they claim he's at medium risk of reconviction for sexual crime. The prosecution has applied for sexual harm prevention order. Folks, I don't know what this man is doing in the Cayman Islands, but he should be out as soon as he serves his time. He should be out on the next flight. He's a perfect example of a persona non grata. We don't want you here in our jurisdiction. Go. Get your ass on a plane and get the hell out of the Cayman Islands. Believe me, you, it takes a sick person to post what he posted. And because I saw it with my own two eyes, that it's an image I can never get out of my head. And I'm telling you, it's different when you hear, you hear of a story, oh man, maybe it wasn't that bad. Listen, this was horrific. So if you know this man and you've been taking him, taking your children to him as a barber, might I invite you to please not go back to this barber? He works, what, what's the name in this picture? Um, lavish. So he's still out in the public Sunday? <laughs> lavish Lux Beauty and Barber Studio. See the phone number there, 547-6871. Yeah, if your children go there to get a little haircut, maybe you need to stop making them go there. So so he's still out in the public, correct? Well, no, he should be in jail now, I guess. I mean, I don't know how much time he served or how long he was in custody for, but... But did they allow bail? Uh, People like this get bail all the time. Are you serious? Hmm. Yeah. Ali says, sick in the head. Marshall says, I hope he's gone to jail for life. Unfortunately not. Sick bastard. He should rot in jail. So what, so what, so we, we, so usually situations like that, when people either abuse ICT or, or, or found to have explicit, they, for certain grounds, they don't deport them. It's not cause for deportation. Well, that's a matter for CBC. So the courts don't actually order deportation. That is a matter for CBC. So he has a conviction. So once you have a conviction, you can it, it, it's grounds for a deportation or well, he has a, yeah, he has a conviction for two years and nine months, um, child pornography and publication, and two counts of transmitting child pornography. So this is a case that's open for for deportation. Now, hopefully, he not gone and jump on some Caymanian fool already, impregnated her, or married her, and then is going to be claiming a right to family life. Caymanians, wake up. Well, I would I would like to hope. I would hope that he will have a deportation order once he's out of jail. Folks, um, Wanda says he should be under the jail. Trust me. This is the kind of thing that is just unbelievable. Marshall says that if he's sharing that type of shit, he's more like more than likely uh that same kind of evilness. Sicko. Yeah, who who Listen, deportation. Make make him be a problem in Jamaica, <laughs> not not in us, right? He he not he not one of us. Go back home and be a problem there, because eventually somebody there will kill your ass. Simple as that. But unfortunately, you know this this is what these guys do. This is what they're into. So let me make it very clear. Child pornography is morally reprehensible. It's disgusting. I cannot believe that anyone like him 
would claim that he didn't know it was against the law to have it, to transmit it, whatever. It is. Okay? Somebody sends you something, you tell them, don't ever send it again. Delete it. Get rid of it. There's no reason why you should have this stuff in your possession. And if you send it to me or if I see it on social media, I will report it to the RCIPS. And if that means like him, you're going to be going to jail, then good on you. So Soka says in the U.S., CBP cannot deport anyone, only refuse entry. Only a judge can deport you. So it's so strange that the Cayman, it's the opposite. Yep. Um, Jess says the courts don't order deportation, but the courts can recommend it. Well, they don't even recommend it, really. They might just say at the end of a judgment, you know, that it's a matter for CBC. <laughs> so um, Jonathan says, why is the government so dependent on work permits? These are the kind of people we allow to come here. And, you know, this is the problem is they come here with a clean police record. Make no two bones about it. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean that they've never committed offense. It oftentimes means that they've just not been convicted. And the sad thing about um, child predators, child sexual predators, is by the time they are caught, they have left in the U.S. The average is 50 victims in their wake. They've left a slew of victims and they've been doing it for years before they're even caught because it's just that type of offense. So when they talk about, oh, he's 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 at low, he wouldn't give them too much on his background and, you know, they couldn't get anything on his childhood. Seems like he probably had just a normal childhood. They couldn't find anything that would make him be like, oh, he's broken, you know, because that's always excuse. Right. Um, but my point is, folks, it's not even it's not even about that. These people have been no telling how many children he probably been at already. We do not know. And so the more I advocate for a sex offenders registry, the more I advocate for victims' rights, especially children, and people talk to me, the more of you who are sexual predators are being outed. I heard a story yesterday that made my stomach turn. And these are people who are always on my show, who are always jumping up on a platform. Y'all need to sit the fuck down. Let me make it very, very clear. We're not on radio now. Sit the fuck down and shut up. Because you're a child molester, I know it, your victims know it, and you keep talking your bullshit, wanting to be a community mover and shaker in this country, and we got someone be outing you and dealing with you. Just sit down. Sometimes you're better off just keeping your mouth shut and leave people's children alone. Parents, you need to start speaking up on behalf of your children. I cannot believe how many of you know that your children are being victimized and oh, because they're the person's a family member and you don't want to cause any waves in the family, you are ignoring it. And your children have mental health issues because of it. Some of them are self-harming and even killing themselves because you sit down and you try to make peace within a dysfunctional family. You don't make peace with child molesters. If you have to extricate yourself from your entire family, because one of them has molested your children and you say enough is enough and no more, then you do that. You stand by your children. How can you allow, I don't care if it's an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a grandfather, how can you allow people to molest your children? And as a parent, you sit back talking about, oh, you're trying to keep the peace in the family? 
What peace? The second you have touched my child, let me let me assure you, there will be no more peace in your fucking life. No. We, we have got to stop this foolishness. This is why people go after your children. Because they know the chances of anything happening are slim to none. I will kill you for my child. <laughs> let me make it very, very clear. And I don't care who you are. You could be the governor, the police chief, the premier, or the person next door. It don't matter to me. Don't even look at my child hard. And every single parent, I think, needs to start taking this approach. These trifling child molesters are, you know, they're banking on the fact that you will do nothing. Your children are here, innocent as they can possibly be. And they are tarnished by people like this and by others, oftentimes right in your family. Gabby says, with the right amount of money, if I was a criminal in Jamaica, I could get a clean police record. It's unfortunate, but true. Ugly Truth says, ask the premier if he plans to strengthen our immigration laws. It's not a matter of question. He needs to do it because there's a lot of loopholes and people taking advantage of those loopholes and that person needs to be deported. So I hope CBC works. Your counselor work permit based on the conviction and you deport the person. We don't Sonia, have time for this. Sonia says there's plenty more dirty men here that uh, these sick, disturbing acts of children, they need to go away for life. Enough. Uh, more big shots too. Um, time is the master. Nasty dogs. Marshall says uh, no one in their right mind would enjoy watching that kind of stuff or even allowing anyone to share it with them. Um, they have to be one of the same to like that kind of shit. Yes. Yes, Ali. Soka says uh, no such thing as low risk with sexual sickos. What idiot came up with that? Well, they claim this one is medium risk. I'm like, okay. What is Love medium Lopez risk? Says, yes, expose them all. Marshall says, say it, Sandy, just like that. Shut the fuck up because some of them are just like those predators. Yes. Remy, good morning. Remy says, proud of you, Sandy. Always was. I get flack for being your friend and I know why. Love your passion. Well, this is one issue that I, I don't care who don't like it. You can lump it. Because I have heard too many horrific stories right here in this little community, as small as the Cayman Islands is, I've heard one too many stories of abuse and people overlooking it and not doing the right thing by the victims. So as I always say in this program, I don't need any more friends. I got a boatload already. I'm good. And if this is something that offends you, you don't have to listen. It's as simple as that. And I make no apologies for speaking up on behalf of victims and especially child victims who oftentimes have no voice of their own. Sonia says they better not mess with any of my grandkids or family members. I know somebody going northward or Churchill. Hmm. Andrea says the second someone touches my daughter, I'm a mad black woman walking in clean clothes, death before dishonor, not sparing a soul, don't care who you are. Amen. That's it. Uh, thank you, Aliana. Moya says, I feel like CBC should allow the public to be aware of a potential list of persons who have committed a crime and could be eligible for deportation. Allow us to put in their two cents and persons and law. Listen, 
I don't even know if we need to do all that. Just ship his ass off. He just deport them. Just deport them. No, once, no once he's done, yeah, just deport what, him. What, I don't, I don't we, have to say nothing more about this guy. For? He just needs to go. And yes, Vicky, thank you for reminding us of the importance of having conversations with your children. Yeah. It starts with prevention because unfortunately, after the harm is already done, it cannot be undone. And the funny thing is we're in child safeguarding We need to have these conversations with your children from early on about what good and appropriate touch is and what isn't. Right? Do not put your children, I don't care. Oh, they can go hang out at their cousin's house all day. No. 25% of all children are victimized by other teenagers. That's friends in the neighborhood. That's older cousins, older siblings. Y'all need to be paying attention to your children. And you need to set fast and hard rules. No one is permitted to touch you in your privates. And you tell them what your privates are, what their privates are. Teach them early on to self-groom so that even you as a parent don't have to do it. If they don't want to hug someone, stop forcing your children to hug people that they don't want to hug. Leave that up to them. Ask permission yourself. Can I give you a hug? Is it okay if I hug you? My daughter went through a phase where she was thinking it was like, oh, let's kiss on the lip. I said, no. In this household, we don't kiss on the lips and you don't kiss anybody on the lips. Anybody who wants to kiss you on the lips, you tell me because I got to be boxing them in the lips. You understand? This, this is a serious matter. No, they're, really they're, little, they're little things. You have to teach your children boundaries and what's appropriate yeah. and what isn't. So if mommy and daddy don't kiss you on the lips. We'll kiss you on the cheek. We'll hug you a certain way. Nobody else has that permission. Nobody else can do that. People, help your children be safe in this world because it is a crazy world out there. People are just waiting for an opportunity to take advantage of some poor child. I, I don't even know how that poor baby, I don't know who the guy was that was doing this to her and how she ended up in his care. I hope that wasn't the child's father because Lord Jesus. I don't know. Soka says, no touches, period. Keep your hands to your damn self. Marsha said, they'll get a busted lip, not a kiss. Exactly. Soka says, I'm horrified when I see grown-ups kiss little babies and children on the mouth. And then they, they try to glorify it. I've seen some people like, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with this. And, and sexualizing their children. I'm like, y'all need, need Jesus in the worst kind of way. Folks, thank you for tuning in to the program. I'm sorry I had to get a little bit you know, heated this morning, but y'all know already how I feel in this topic and I make no apologies for that part of it. Yes, I dropped an F-bomb. Go, 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 go tell it to Jesus. It'll be all right. Tune in tomorrow morning, folks. It's still Child Month and Mental Health um, Awareness Month as well. We appreciate you guys listening to the program and making this Cayman's number one talk show. Thank you again to CUC who made it possible for us to be online. Child, the power's still on, but I better hurry up and come on now because I generated so going bloop. Thank you, CUC. Thank you, Corporate Electric. We appreciate it. You guys have a fantastic day. Jared, mañana. Hey, Kevin. Los saluda DJ Yoyo, The Energy. Y estás escuchando The Cold Heart Truth. Con la voz del pueblo, Sandra Hill. Todas las mañanas, 7.30 AM. Only on Bobo, 89.1 FM. Mga kabayan. 
Nakatutok po kayo sa Cold Hard Truth, hatid ni Sandy Hill, ang nangungunang talk show sa Cayman, ang Boses ng Masa. It's 2022, and CMR is taking talk to the next level. Are you tired of talk shows that offer no solutions for you? Talk, 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 talk. And more talk? Here at CMR, we believe in action. Tune into our new segment where we answer your questions about life, marriage, business, and so much more. Anything you want advice on. Reach out to us for a special dose of the cold, hard truth. Having a hard time with a business? Sort them out, Sandy is here. Relationship woes? Sort them out, Sandy is here. Confused by the procedures to follow? Sort them out, Sandy is here. Submit your questions via email to tips at caymanmarlroad.com on WhatsApp or on Messenger. 